All right. Um, so welcome to Well, There's Your Problem, a podcast about engineering disasters, which also has slides. I'm Justin Rosniak. I'm the person talking right now. My pronouns are he and him. I am Alice Caldwell Kelly. My pronouns are she and her, and I am looking forward to a second extremely concise and focused podcast. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> she said overcome that way. <laughs> well, you know, last Italian, words. Italian politics is very simple to explain, so I don't know why this would be a problem. <laughs> I am Liam Anderson. I am at Old Man Anderson on Twitter. Uh, my pronouns are he and him. And uh, yeah, we have a guest. Yeah, yeah. Do you, you, you want me to hold on, guest? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm guest. Um, I'm <laughs> hell of a name. Hello, guest. I picked it, it myself. Thank you. <laughs> I'm guest, and I'm an alcoholic. Um, no, uh, uh, my name's Noah. Uh, I uh, have a history degree, and that's my qualification for being on here. I am on Twitter, uh, and uh, I must be nice. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry that we, we do not use the show Twitter for ourselves. Shut up. Well. To be fair, to be fair, Justin, if if you had simply signed the cancel culture letter, you wouldn't be canceled by uh, <laughs> by Twitter. You would be a free speech warrior. I will replace J.K. Rowling as the next <laughs> beloved character to become transphobic in order to get back on Twitter. The most insulting thing is just that like, these people have lived their entire lives in these weird bubbles where they've never been criticized before, mm. and the whole idea of cancel culture, I think, is honestly just. A result of like famous people finding out people really fucking hate them on the internet. No, you're being mean like, to what? me, Barry Weiss. <laughs> that should be illegal. Oh, also, yeah. like, <laughs> there's real anti Semitism, and being mean to Barry Weiss is not it. Barry Weiss and also confirmed. got to date Kate McKinnon, so it's like, you know, oh, why is she complaining? <sighs> No, don't, 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 don't go there. I'm, I'm in too much pain emotionally from knowing that. And I'm, I'm glad I barely know who these people are. <laughs> All right. Well, after this is done recording, I'm going to set you down with a picture book, and we're going to learn flashcards. You just, you just got right. like a children's picture book with like illustrations of everyone who signed the cancel culture letter. Is, where yeah, did, I'll, where I'll did you draw, acquire I'll, this so quickly? That's an incredibly offensive caricature of Barry Weiss myself. <laughs> be like, all right, if you're a conservative woman who had a bat mitzvah in the 1990s, you probably got a gold chain with your Hebrew name on Is it. Is this like yeah. an Eddie Murphy stand-up routine? <laughs> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> an asshole. Um, uh, no, it's, 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 sorry, it's, uh, no, it's, um, it's, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, Larry the Cable oh, Guy, it's like, you might be, etc. Um, you know, that's, that's that thing. No, mm. that's, that's, uh, that's, that's the other guy. That's the guy, the guy who, the guy who went up in the jet fighter plane. Jeff Foxworthy? Uh, no, no, it's the other <laughs> other guy. It's not Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, um, the other, oh God. the other Randy blue Quaid? collar comedy tour are guy. You, are you are you trying to talk about uh, Bill Engvall? Bill, Bill Engvall, might, yes. You might be a redneck as Jeff Foxworthy. You dumb. I knew I was it? right. I knew I, it. I, I don't know who any of these shit. Roz, Roz is a coastal not from elite. The South. Roz is actually. I am from a coastal elite. I have seen his Unless... palatial holdings in Boston. That's Roz. <laughs> 
That's no. Well, here's the Listen, thing. Listen, all these people are kulaks, right? <laughs> Jeff, well, Jeff Foxworthy was like a, like a programmer oh, from bad. Microsoft. That's true. I would like to say I am a West Coast liberal Hollywood elite, so I don't know who any of these people are. And the fact that you're, uh, you know, the fact that you're asking me to learn is uh, is really really hurtful so, to me. Yeah. So so here we have Bill Engvall's plane. <laughs> Yet another fine <laughs> aircraft in the Spirit Airlines fleet. <laughs> what what you're looking at here is a plane, and it yeah, doesn't look that. so good. No, it seems to be missing. Oh, was that for weight reduction? Uh, yeah, yeah there's, there's put a lightning kit on my fucking yeah. airliner. No, listen, if you take off the exterior of the plane, then the air can go through it, which enables ah. it to fly. <laughs> it's a, it's ah, a COVID yeah. thing, yeah. Right. Yeah, then you don't have to breathe in all those all those harmful uh, whatever. This is my, this is my convertible. Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, do you remember the one time we saw the uh, the Mach One uh, seaplane? The Willow what? Grove? What? Yes, the the, the seaplane. Right. I don't do you like whatever this is. Willow, the Willow Grove Air Force Museum. Is this a seaplane that was supposed to go Mach speed? But it had a nasty habit of destroying itself instead. That Is rules. that the weird one that's just north of the city? Too beautiful for this world. Yeah, you and I went there oh, and yeah. then went to a brewery. Oh yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> what if we combined two famously safe things: power boating and uh, jet aircraft? I'll only yes. fly in. I'll only fly in a convertible seaplane if it's just like you know, like the spruce goose, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like with the oh, top you really, sheer. You can up. really feel the. You can really feel the wind through your hair. You know, you could be like, you could be like any number of wealthy, wealthy executives, and just like fly your plane at sixty miles per hour through uh, through various wealthy neighborhoods of LA. You know, that's mm. a convertible. Oh, yeah. I love to get a Cessna, yeah. It's the, yeah. the, the thing that kills surgeons. Um, oh, I want a Cessna so fucking bad. <laughs> I don't even care, man. Like I just I I just want to be one of those guys. I'm gonna wear aviators like an asshole. Oh god. I'm gonna have a bomber jacket with I have the wings well, sewn I'm onto the breast. What I'm saying is I'm gonna be Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean Liam, Liam <laughs> to be fair. To be fair, there is actually a very th a thriving subculture of people who like both own Cessnas and also restore like World War II era fighter oh, jets. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're just um, like and, you're just restoring like a BF 109 in your fucking yeah, and hangar. And I have to say, every single one of those people is just so fucking cool. Like, in, in, in like kind of like the like the your uncle who like has a boat kind of way. They're really cool. Oh, why? Uh, yeah, they're they're pilots. Yeah. They have okay. to be cool. That's I, true. My my food is here. I'll be right back. Yeah, no worries. Okay. okay. We, so, we will wait for you to get back, and then we will start the news. The news. Oh, oh, so it's just the news, news now. It's not the, okay. I, I I didn't know whether we were. Uh, I was making we were... a family friendly. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, this very family friendly podcast about yeah, eighty one yeah, people dying in their disaster. Uh, uh news. <laughs> yeah, wait, Alice, can you do the newsman drop? Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, newsman, newsman, newsman. The problem is I gotta scroll through the drops. <laughs> You're a fucking newsman, Don. I ever tell you otherwise, you punch me in the face! 
Yeah. What you need is one of those like old, you know, like the sound boards, mm. you know, that they used to have like made out of flash. Yeah. Well, the problem know? is oh, yeah, right, yeah. On, on the actual thing, right? I have to do everything through software because the only um, button, I have four buttons. So I can have, I can hotwire those, right? I can just have four mm. drops that I can just press. Yeah. But for everything else, I have to scroll through an enormous list of drops to get to, uh, I don't know, moan.wav. Which or uh, the fucking like the Mario theme tune, but with a guy going bruh in place of every note. I mean, you know the you know the. There we go. I'm chilling. I love this. I cannot imagine an occasion when you would need that. I love this. It's just not now. Just now. I, I don't know. You would. You will never need that drop in real life. <laughs> There's no, you don't know. There's no reason why you would ever need that. Stop insulting people's lived experiences, Roz. All you need is like a drop board, but it's like you know, it's just a million billion buttons. Maybe you got some buttons Mm. up top, like it's an airplane. Yeah, I I want, I want like a special drop where I have to like turn two keys at once and like flip a button cover up. You have a big fucking lever for one of the drops. <laughs> you have like a pulley, a, a crank wheel that determines exactly what percentage of the drop gets played, and it like springs Ooh. back in the position yeah. afterward. For some reason, inexplicably, yeah. you can see like reel to reel tapes going around in there. <laughs> have you ever there's seen a, there's a, a photo wax player? cylinder? <laughs> a mm. what? A photo player. It is a player piano with a wide variety of extra sound effects attached. Oh, yes, I um, have. Yeah, yeah the, which for the podcast silent of films. Day. Well, yes. to be fair, Alice, I feel like you need to become a radio DJ and just have like one of those, like, welcome mm. to 109.7. With You're listening Crash. to WTYP. <laughs> When you think about Jesus. it, when you think about it, a, a a silent film is basically the opposite of a podcast. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that, you right. know. Anyway, dialectics. Let's get back on topic. Back on right. topic. Yeah, that's right. right. Unbelievable. All right, let's go to the news. The goddamn news. Well, turns out everybody hates cops. Yes, wow. as it turns out. Who could have guessed? That they they made uh, Philly police apologize for being assholes and tear gassing com- people in a confined space. I bet that was uh, a fucking like really like learning and growing bodies in spaces apology, and not like some fat shithead coming out and being like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Sorry, we did our jobs too good. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it took him it took him like a couple weeks to for anyone to see any consequences because the New York Times finally reported on it using a bunch of footage which was freely available literally everywhere. And mm-hmm. then the, the police commissioner came out and apologized, and the mayor came out and apologized, even though they were like, we needed to do this for public safety, like, the, mm-hmm. the, the day it happened. And, like, you just almost caused, like, a massive crushing Yeah, what did, what did they actually do again? You could have killed 45 people with this easily. Mm-hmm. Tear gas a bunch of people who were trapped on either side. Oh, yeah, it was Jesus. like down in the uh, trench for I six seventy six. Although to yeah. be fair, this is like the city of this is where Joey Baloney, uh, the uh, you Bologna's know, the strong. Cop, yeah, yeah, that's true. The yeah. fop cop uh, that all the fops love um, is from. So you know, uh, Joey and Tony Baloney. Um, yeah, good good stuff. Who was it who resigned yesterday? Who was maybe partially Brian responsible? For, yeah, what, what was his position? Managing director of the city. Ah, I see. 
I see. That sounds like something corporate as opposed to something municipal. Yes. I don't like that. Yes. No. It's he, like replacing yeah, the mayor with the CEO. If you don't run the city like a business, then what are you doing? Right? Yeah, that's it's, it's that's a business that's very right. good at like forcing people into a freeway trench and then tear gassing them. I run the city like a business and I get bought by private equity. <laughs> I'll just Which I mean, you know, it's kind of basically what's happening, but I mean, know. that's basically how Daly ran Chicago back when Daly was mayor, so uh good stuff. Um I Daly was at least funny corrupt. That's true. And he also did have the decency to get hit by a car door on a bike, which was very funny. Um so, you know, impossible to say if bad or good. I was about to say, a man of the people. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was very good at bike lanes. Uh, okay. Uh, on, in, on other news, Oops. Uh, uh, Open it's Her not, Up is going well. It's not a second peak if you don't do anything, so it stays the first peak. I, actually, I was about to say, yeah. yeah. I actually have... Um, so. Uh, I am I am currently podcasting. First of all, uh, land acknowledgement from uh, stolen Tongva land. Uh, but second of all, I am podcasting from the city of Los Angeles, where our dipshit uh, middle management mayor decided to open up this thing called L.A. Alfresco, which was like oh, every boy. single business is now allowed to do like outdoor dining just take over a section of sidewalk which like can okay. we have la outside today right so so the thing is the the thing that you have to understand is that california has passed a constitutional amendment that basically made it impossible to levy a property tax that is like reasonable to benefit old people and developers mainly but as a result oh, yeah. most of the revenue of los angeles and uh, a lot of the state revenue comes from sales taxes and the thing is we refuse to cut our $3 billion police budget by more than $150 million because Michael Moore has to continue to fly a stupid little helicopter above my house at 24 hours a day. Um, but uh, <laughs> Every citizen of Los Angeles County gets an LAPD helicopter to fly <laughs> over their house. That's actually <laughs> what the situation I'm living in because I am, you know, not to, not to, you know, undisclosed location and all that, but like, I am in a position where, uh, you know, there is just a helicopter over my house every couple sure? of hours. Are you sure that some cops didn't like creep up you on your roof and like paint like a hey, fuck this guy in particular on your well, roof? Entirely possible. There is like a there is like a like a very suspicious dude that just sits outside of my apartment all the time, so it's probably bugged. But oh, um, definitely. So Process anyway, I wanted to I wanted to call out uh, you know I wanted to say thank you to uh, you know spineless weasel Eric Garcetti for. Uh, you know, hmm. deciding that in order for his very good developer friends uh, to continue to make money and his various police friends that he's completely scared shitless of, uh, mil uh, like thousands of Angelinos have to die. So that's cool. We love our cops. We I love, love our law enforcement. I mean, it could he's be worse. Still, right? Like cops, cops cannot it. be trusted with helicopters. Mm -hmm. Cops cannot be trusted with helicopters, but at least you never had the thing that Glasgow did, where they just fucking crash a helicopter into your city. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, fair, but like, you know, we did have the thing where they shot a bunch of people to death in the 90s uh, with the help of the National Guard. So, you know, that's... Uh, although that was Swings back when I was, not born. I was not born, and also I've lived in Chicago most of my life, which has similar problems, but... Uh, by the way, Garcetti is still promoting L.A. Alfresco. Is like, go home, don't go to bars, don't go to gyms, 
but also LAL Fresco is still happening. <laughs> That's the same shit Phil is doing, where they're just like, just because it's open doesn't mean you should go, and then like keeps all the shit open anyway. Well, we have like, Alfresco. We have it, and like our cases are generally staying pretty low, right? Um, you know, it's it's between like sixty, one hundred fifty cases a day in the city. I, I mean, we're not doing too bad. The problem with our Alfresco dining doesn't seem to be so much, you know, um, people are getting killed by it or getting sick from it. The problem is that they're leaving no space on the sidewalk for people with disabilities to get around. And when they've tried now once or twice to do alfresco dining where they close off a whole street, like on uh, East Pashunk Avenue, um, the business owners just cannot restrain themselves from pulling guns on black people. As you say, Um, kulaks. Yes. To be fair, that was on 2nd Street. Was it on 2nd Street? I thought that was on Pashunk. No, it was at uh, the Infusion Lounge, which is a shithole. You don't and say. And the guy who runs it, or at least used to run it, was nothing but a huge dick when I worked at the liquor store. So I hope that somebody, you know, shows him what for will say. Yes, go <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you know, it's just, it's all pretty stupid because also, you know, when you're outside too, people walking by are not wearing masks. Uh, you know, the people eating aren't wearing masks. I'm like, okay. Cool. Yeah. And, you, and then you they're like, get that thing. You gotta get the dad thing where the, like you have the mask that you designed on your own that like levers itself open so you can right. fucking shove ravioli in there. Exactly. Uh, I would also like to point out that al fresco is not even how you would refer to dining outdoors in Italian. <laughs> so it's I'm very annoying. To cultural me. appropriation. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Wonder if it's a humidity thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're in sunny Southern California and we have, you know, gross east coast humidity air um oh, which is you know just suffocating constantly yeah except i you know it's been 90 degrees uh for the past like couple we've been in a heat wave for the past couple weeks and it's been like truly one of the worst experiences i've had with heat waves well, in la I, even I, when i, I was I, like I in college and there was no like i don't have air conditioning now but at least i live on the first floor when i was in college and i didn't have air conditioning and was like on like the fifth floor of a building with like the sun in my goddamn eyeballs all the time i was like ah yes i'm yeah, cooking yeah. like a grill um wow <laughs> I, I i love to i love to like live on the top of this mesa of graph that we've constructed here and just kind of wait for it to go down <laughs> yeah it's it's fine. fine it's also it's the numbers are going to go down because now all the hospitals have to report all of their data to a random llc that is deeply associated with the trump campaign instead of the cdc so I'm sure it's fine, and we won't have any problems. Wait, they got a report to, like, Boya? <laughs> Listen, as a Puerto Rican, as, as a Puerto Rican, I, nothing has upset me more than, like, having to deal with uh, conservatives suddenly being like, I'm buying Goya products, because I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do with Eating sofrito? beans for the first time in my life. <laughs> it's like, it's like they keep buying adobo, which, by the way, is an amazing seasoning, and I'm upset that I can't buy it now, and I just have to make my own, but it's like, I keep buying adobo, and I'm like, what are you going to do? Put one grain of it on chicken and be like, that's <laughs> spicy. Yeah, you, no, you, 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 put, you put it into <laughs> a big bowl of water. <laughs> to dilute it, right? Whereas, yeah. listen, yes. not, to, not, to, not to, you know, be too uh, you know, spicy on Maine, but like, where is Lolita Lebron when you need her? You know, <laughs> that's obscure enough that I don't have to beep it. Anyway, um, in, in other praxis news, uh, the USS the USS Bonhomme Richard, um, which is like 
named for James, for like named for John Paul Jones. I think they said James Earl Jones. Named for John Paul Jones's <laughs> flagship. <laughs> named yeah, named for, for James Earl Jones flagship in the hunt for Red October. No, named for um, Jim Jones. <laughs> the <people laughs> yeah, the, the the USS Fancy Lad. Right, the fucking the, they actually nicknamed it the Bonnie Dick at one point. Which <laughs> come on, oh my god. Yeah, like, I, the, the USS oh, the USS Fancy Lad d- who desires a treat. Uh, fucking extremely <laughs> caught fire in San Diego. Um, they, they had it in for routine maintenance. And as part of the routine maintenance, the first thing they did, switch off all of the firefighting equipment, and right then idea. it catches fire. Yeah, no, not, not good. Like a bad not good, time not terrible. Turn off the fire it's, fighting equipment. That's not, not the order I would do it in. Well, it reminds it reminds me so very strongly of um, the the thing that the Glasgow School of Art did after it burned down, which was uh, burned down again the day before they installed the <laughs> firefighting equipment. Or Notre Dame. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. The, the time when it's most likely for a building, or in this case, a boat, which is like a building but it floats, um, <laughs> to catch fire is when it's undergoing maintenance because people are using like grinders and shit. You know, smoking like, cigarettes. I figure. Uh, I figure when you're working on a fire suppression system, that should be the only time the fire suppression system is turned off. <laughs> No, just, like, just leave it on. Just leave it on. Just open a uh, like a valve and just get fucking drenched with firefighting foam. Ah, oh shit. my god! Hey, when I go down to San Diego and my Bonnie Dick catches fire, you know. It's... <laughs> yeah, you got to stop meeting Marines on Tinder as what? Yeah. Uh, I don't All intentionally right. meet that Marines on Tinder. The they just don't me. Speaking of buildings in the water, what about buildings in the sky? Oh, that was a beautiful yeah. segue. <laughs> yes. Thank you. So, Perfect. what you're looking at here is an airplane. Mm. It is a specific kind of airplane. This is a McDonnell Douglas DC-9. You can tell because it says DC-9 on the side, right? It's helpfully mm-hmm. labeled. Mm. All right, so this was uh, you know, a commercial jet. It's single aisle. You know, you got like, I think, two seats on each side of the aisle. It's a narrow body, you know. It's meant for shorter flights, uh, predecessor to the Boeing 717, that was after they merged. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot form. McDonnell Douglas ate Boeing and made it bad. Oh yeah, yeah essentially. Yeah. They made it seem like it was the other way around, but it really like, wasn't. Parasitized hmm. it like a cordyceps fungus, you know? Hmm. <laughs> Just like, getting all the aircraft yeah. executives <laughs> to go stand on top of roofs. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this was, uh, this plane was good for you know, shorter, medium-range flights, uh, you know, especially back when most air travel was on shorter routes, right? We, they, one-to-one replacement for a propeller plane, really. Hmm. Um, they also sold it in Europe, uh, also for shorter routes, um, you know, and that, that was especially prior to, like, when we had high-speed rail, uh, when shorter routes were taken over by trains that ran fast enough they could compete with planes. Um, it of course has this wonderful thing called a T tail, uh, which means it's really easy to stall. It has built-in <laughs> air stairs. Well, so it can, looks magnificent. Yeah, you can oh, yeah. you can be Cooper out of there real easy. <laughs> um, that, that is something that I look for in a flight. 
is yeah, whether or like, not I can take a shit ton of the FBI's money. Yeah, <laughs> just like leap out over a state park in Washington and fucking die. This is all like Italian DB Cooper, like Daniele Bernoulli Cooper, you know? 100% DB Cooper died on impact, but like, let's not get into that. At a range of 1,278 nautical miles, uh, had a cruising speed of 484 knots, uh, and fuck off with kilometers. I'm not, I'm not giving that. <laughs> yeah, That's true. Just a no, no metric system podcast. I keep having Absolutely this conversation not. about how, how the, the imperial system is just so much easier to use from like a personal scale of reference where like, you know, I, a foot is a foot, and I can put my foot hmm. next to something and be like, yeah, that's a foot. You know, yeah, it's four, nice. 484 knots is is very intuitive. It's, I mean, it's how many <laughs> fucking knots of rope I would let out of the back of a boat if it was going at 484 knots. We need to be using red keen on temperature, and we need to be bringing back the cubit. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> how many cubits per hour is this plane going? <laughs> <laughs> but like, also, one thing I do notice about this is that this is an Italian plane, and you can tell because of the Italia on it. Yes, um, that's exactly the right intonation. Italia. Interesting history behind this particular one, because it's originally sold to Hawaiian Airlines. <laughs> now, here's a question. You have a range on this plane of... 1,278 nautical miles. Uh, for train leaving Chattanooga <laughs> at 3 p.m. Yeah. How, how do you get it from Hawaii to Italy? You simply uh, bring it on a boat. Yeah, no, probably. No, you don't. <laughs> you do a what bunch of like stop short hops in like airfields and like fucking Tinian uh, and Guam. No, you don't do you. that either. The way they transport these tiny planes out to Hawaii in the middle of nowhere is they take out all the seats and they put in fuel tanks inside the fuselage to extend the range. Holy that shit, that rules. Like, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a KC-9. <laughs> but for itself, yes. Wow. Incredible. I love that for it. You know, they they yeah. don't talk about this in the movie Cars, but, you know. This is the, that's the plane you would least want to have a plane crash, is the one that's just filled with just bladders full with of fuel. Afghans. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it's okay, because as long as the building is steel-framed, it won't do anything, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Future, <laughs> future episode, there. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I guess I gotta hand it off here to Alice and Noah to talk about Italian politics. Lisa, uh, I am so happy. Uh, so here you're going to see a map of the, <laughs> the 1948 Italian election results. Don't let it touch my spaghetti! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the famous slogan of Democrazia Cristiana at the time. Um, but here you'll see a map of uh, the Italian uh, election results. Um, so in order to talk about like, the Ustica thing, I think we need to talk about Italian politics, specifically because... Uh, Italy is, um, how do I put this? Okay, just the CIA hammering a big sign into the <laughs> ground that says, no communism allowed. Yeah, and the Soviet Union just kind of like airdropping money to a bunch of like starving Italian communists who are just like, yeah. I, 
I would like to have the union, please. <laughs> so the, are, the, thing, the factory the owners thing. in Milan are the worst, <laughs> and they make me eat their stupid Milanese food. Okay, please. <laughs> so Grazie you, you may recall that, that Italy was fascist in World War II, and you may what? also recall that, uh, that, that some Italians did not like this very much, and like Mussolini got involved in with some Antifa. Uh, who like compromised him to a permanent end, along with a bunch of other like various anti-fascist careers? Allegedly, any photos of partisans killing Mussolini that have identifiable faces. Allegedly, um, Mussolini. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, like, my, the, the point of me talking about this is that a lot of those guys were communist. Um, mm -hmm. And if you're operating, if you are Alan Dulles, right, you're operating on this kind of domino theory that communism is like this social contagion. You can't fucking let Italy just be the westernmost bit of the Soviet Union, right? Their and pasta so, is already bread. What if the rest of them become that? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you have this like, uh, you have a communist party in Italy, the PCI, um, which is. Yeah, as as you say, no, it gets it gets some money from Papa Stalin, right? Yeah. And then on on the other hand of this, you have the CIA just throwing money and arms and everything at anyone who says, "Yeah, no, fuck those guys." Yeah, and I think it's also it's important to talk about uh, the the whole like Italy does this thing where in every single war they just switch to whatever the winning side is halfway through. Which is a strategy yeah, that's being has, cool. Right. Which is a strategy yeah, that has worked out really well, actually, for them. Gotta hedge them bets, baby. Yeah, because like <laughs> I, you know, very few, very few Italian fascists uh actually like suffered consequences as a result of the of the war. But what? I mean yeah. very few fucking German fascists suffered any consequences. Yeah, but, but some of them yeah. were executed. Let's talk about Operation Paperclip and <laughs> yeah. uh, how we beat the Soviets to the moon, goddamn. Yeah. Well also like say our Germans were better than their Germans. Right. But also like, you know, the Soviets <laughs> did execute a bunch of did execute a bunch of Nazis. Whereas like yeah. nothing similar I mean yes, partisans went around like rounding up and killing uh, you know the FA, uh, the Antifa super soldiers did that, but you know it's it, that's fine, and I'm not going to lose the sleep the, over the, it. Im but the important guys got away even more scot free than in Germany. Yeah, is exactly. what you're saying. The, the Americans did some war crimes, but like the big one is like a massacre at a concentration camp of a bunch of SS dudes. And I gotta tell I, you, I don't care all that. Well, they much. also. Yeah. I would also like <laughs> yeah, to point out. Yeah. Uh, so already during World War II, what happens is essentially the king is like, yeah, I'm not so down with Mussolini anymore, and it's like, what if I. Uh, what if I, um, you know, throw in my giant elaborate hat in with the winning side, huh? So uh, he did, and so the Italian forces essentially joined up with the Allies, and then we reconquered Italy. In the process, uh, we bombed a like a bunch of communist neighborhoods all over Italy to prevent communism, uh, including <clears throat> in Rome, uh, and uh, the only part of Rome that was bombed. Uh, and so what happens is at the end of the war, there's this referendum that abolishes the monarchy because people are like, how could the how could the king lead us into this? And then there's this battle over what Italy's going to be going forward. So the first big election that happens after that is the 1948 election, which again, you're seeing the results right here. Paranelia uh, and Cingale was very popular in the Tuscany region. Uh, and, uh, you know, the incumbent... Oh, Fettuccine Alfredo just got booted off the Because Fettuccine Alfredo supported <laughs> fashion. Um, but uh, we all know this. But so basically both sides are pouring a ton of money into this. And uh, you have two basic coalitions. You have the same coalition that I think, Alice, you've talked about in other instances of this podcast, 
um, the the Christian Democrats. Uh, it was actually it's I keep mm. forgetting it's on the Austrian wine tainting scandal episode with yeah, Riley. You, you, you have this like centrist party that doesn't really stand for anything other than just being in power mm-hmm. everywhere and all of your uncles in it. Like a competent version of the Democrats. There's yes, the, yes, kind of. There's the tweet that's like, it, <laughs> Italy is the the ideal, ver- like the, the it, 70s Italy is the sort of apex of uh, multi-party democracy because like you know, there are like 300 different parties and you're constantly getting blown up in your attempt to vote for any one of them. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so yeah, as you mentioned in the episode with, uh, with Riley, long time listener, first time caller, um, the, uh, there's this Christian Democrat series of parties that spring up that are essentially like fronts for the U S government to tamp down communism. And on the mm-hmm. other side, you have Antifa super soldier, Palmiro Togliatti and his, uh, Partito Comunista Italiana, which does, is part of the common turn and takes orders from Moscow. They're in coalition hmm. with. We, get, we have some pictures here, don't we? On we the next do slide. In, the, in the next slide, um, <laughs> and we have the, uh, the. If we want to go ahead and cut to that next slide, uh, thank you, Justin. Um, yeah. So on we the have left, Michael Caine. <laughs> on the left, we have Michael Caine, um, <laughs> who is Palmiro Togliatti. In the middle, we have uh, you know um, we have uh, Pietro Nenni as uh, as. Uh, Danny DeVito playing the penguin, which I think is also <laughs> there might be a thing that comes in on that. Um, if you hit the next I don't button, think there is. Sure. Oh, okay, maybe yeah. I deleted it. Anyway, and then on the right you have like uh, Jeff Goldblum cross the flog, uh, frog, who is Anchita de Gasperi, who is the head of the Christian Ge- Democrats at the time. And, so, uh, so from left to right, then both literally and uh, politically, we have like the guy who could have been the chairman of the People's Republic. Yeah, uh, this kind of like squishy socialist. Um, and then, what if we just did continuity fascism? And then also, like you have a spoiler party, uh, sort of the uh, Social Democratic Socialist Unity Party, which is very ironic, uh, led by Giuseppe Saragat, who is a fine i guess but you know uh, combined <laughs> combined the uh you know the uh the democracia cristiana gets uh 48% of the vote or something like that but um the all of the left wing parties get about 30 or sorry 45% of the vote and all the left wing parties get about like 38% of the vote so this is Italy is one of the battleground states in Europe against communism um hmm. so it's like it, uncomfortably close Right. And, and, and in right. order to combat this, the U.S. government puts a lot of money into an initiative developed by the originally the British. So here's where I get to, once again, blame the British for everything that's yeah, wrong with it's, uh, it's the state of the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, uh, you know, you have a situation where the... Uh, Alice, do you want to talk about the SOE? Oh, yeah. Next, next slide, please. So yeah. Yeah. Well, well, basically, <laughs> yeah. What's this? I'm seeing three gladios. Yeah. So uh, the short the short version of this is that Winston Churchill is a dipshit, right? Um, he yes. doesn't he doesn't know how to fight wars. He keeps like being like, well, what if we invade the soft underbelly of Turkey in the First World War? If we the Second World War, it goes horribly. But the global campaign was well known for working. Oh yeah, but famously. It's mutilated a bunch of Japanese war dead in World War II. Oh yeah, that's another war that we did. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, yeah. Unit Seven Thirty One. So you know, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, well, let's not get sidetracked yeah, here. Let's not talk about my grandfather anyway. How dare you? So, so the thing is, right, part of Churchill's uh, like military stupidity is that he constantly wants aggression, aggression, aggression. This is, does not make him very popular with spies. England has quite good spies at times. Um, but they're all sort of these like aristocratic fops who are like, hmm, I don't think I don't like this idea of killing people very much. And so they let Churchill form this his own little private secret service called the Special Operations Executive, um, whose sole goal is to recruit these incredibly dangerous and incredibly brave dudes from occupied countries and and ladies, I should say, uh, parachute them in to build resistance networks so they can spend six months blowing up like a power substation that gets repaired in a week and then all get tortured and executed by yeah, the Gestapo. Yeah, but Alice, 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 on the other hand, these days you can be arrested and thrown in jail simply for, for blowing up a power station or a bridge. <laughs> yeah, but the, like, Apologies to Milo. Where's all the fun guys? Yeah, so we get to do the, like, the fun stuff, and you get a lot of like action movies out of it after the war, but they're disbanded very quickly after the war because nobody wants that like that skill set of blowing up power stations wow. anymore, and it wasn't that Some useful in the first place. And those yeah. people hey, were Americans. You want to you want to join the SOE and go behind the enemy lines and do some petty vandalism, and then get tortured to death? <laughs> Hell yeah! You want to you want to join? You, you want to join the SOE and draw like a mural of like Hitler making out with Stalin on the side of a bridge <laughs> in Berlin? Oh my god! <laughs> also, they had a they had a they had a nasty habit of getting killed by the Soviets, mm. which is actually my favorite. Well, fair yeah. play. So, <laughs> you know, fair play. <laughs> okay, but like th this idea, this idea of SOE, it doesn't quite die though, because there's always going to be someone as dumb as Winston Churchill, and in this case, so this the someone that dumb is probably Alan Dulles. Um, <laughs> yeah, Alan Dulles, head of the CIA at this time, um, uh, like one of the few like brother double acts in politics. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. No, he he just decides. Huh. What if we just kind of keep doing this and we have this like stay behind thing? Because we know that like if the Soviets invade Western Europe, we're never going to be able to hold Europe itself. Maybe Britain. Maybe. Um, but like, assuming things don't go nuclear, all of these countries like France and Germany are going to get completely overrun. Good. So what if? What if we have the SOE guys just like just like living living quietly, chilling, and then when the Soviets overrun them, they uh, go like they go sicko mode and they go blow up Soviet stuff and shoot Soviet officers and things of that nature. And to quote um, the television series Archer, uh, it turned into a crypto fascist shit show starring Alan Dulles and a bunch of former Nazis. Yes, so. because all all of the like. Yeah. All of the people you can recruit for this stuff are former like Waffen SS guys, Ooh, and so that's what thanks. they do. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, I think you just have ten people go stand in the fold of gas, <laughs> and I don't know, <laughs> throw one hedgehog tank trap down and kind of hope for the best. Uh, I mean, I just, I, yeah. I, I would also like to point out. I mean, you know, the, um, you know, the what you're you're maligning these people as Nazis, but really they're just free speech warriors. Acting out against <laughs> the Antifa threat, you know. Yeah, you hear yeah. about this shit, and you realize, like, maybe Stalin's paranoia was not that unjustified. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> so, the Jews, certainly should not have killed the Jews. Yeah, no, I mean, no. here, baby. Stalin, so this, this, we're not here so, to defend Stalin. 
much. <laughs> yes. So, so this, this initiative, this initiative is codenamed Gladio, right? It means sword. You can see it on the thing. Uh, and there's one of these in pretty much every country. And as you say, that looks like the dick and balls. Yeah, it <laughs> looks like a dick and balls. And immediately these turn fascist. Um, it's it's very difficult to ascertain exactly how much the, their actions are like controlled by anyone. The ones in Belgium just fucking turn into like natural born killers, guys, because they realize, oh hey, we have all of these like American submachine guns and explosives. We can go just rob bank vans and kill people for fun. And like Access. the one in mm, the the mm -hmm. one in Turkey just turns into what becomes the original deep state there. So like it it, it gets weird very quickly. But this is Italy is the big like showpiece gladio thing, especially because want, like. Mm. Italian fascism was already really weird because, like, you get people like, uh, like, it's underpinned by people like Julius Evola, who is like just like a, a fascist wizard. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, literally, he's just fascist Gandalf, um, or or like J.K. Rowling. You know, that's just who he is as a person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it gets very weird very quickly. Um, and one of the ways in which it gets weird is on the next slide. Um, Alice, can we get the drop for this? <laughs> which which dropped? Oh yeah, fuck! Yeah. You wanted to? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. It, it's Berlusconi's horrifying election song. This song, I keep making jokes about how this is just Italian Pete Buttigieg because, like, every line in this song is like, "We have hopes and dreams. We're gonna make those dreams reality." And the president is going to help you do that, but it never spells out exactly what the hell they are, um, which is cool. <laughs> Super, I don't know, just yeah, exactly. Juventus doing doing fascist stuff. I don't care about Cristiano. I'm so tired of hearing about Ronaldo. <laughs> so, so, so this is this is Silvio yeah. Berlusconi, right? Who is the older uh, Cristiano Ronaldo? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, look at that face. Uh, so, Got a face like the Joker. <laughs> the reason Silvio Berlusconi is on here is because one of the various appendages of Operation Gladio is this uh, this Masonic Lodge. And if you could go to the next thing in this slide, um, uh, Justin, I would appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> There's a third evolution of this slide that we'll get to. But um, so the thing is, uh, there is a literal Masonic Lodge pulling the strings of Italian politics for a long, long time. And it's led by this dude named Licio Gelli, who is just an unapologetic fascist um, from the time of like Mussolini. And hmm. they actually get decommissioned in uh, this like 70, like 68 or 70 because they're too political. Um, and they, you know, what they're doing is they're getting money from the Vatican. Uh, next thing on the slide, please. Yeah, they're getting money from the Vatican. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> there we go. I mean, the, the, the point, like, all of this sounds nice. deeply insane, but like, the thing to learn here is that, like, in seventies Italy, every conspiracy theory is true at once, but only in Italy. So, like, the thing about the thing about propaganda due is propaganda due is a a conduit for a number of things. And I don't think I've explained the reason Silvio Berlusconi is on the slide is because he was a member of this lodge and continued to be in Italian politics after that was discovered and also owns all the media in Italy now, which is fine and cool. Um, hmm. But again, to be clear, 
the lodge was called Propaganda Due. Yeah, right? it's like straight up called Propaganda yes. Due. It's not like a nickname. And there was there was no Propaganda Uno. Uh, there was, it was because it was, uh, they switched to numbering the Masonic lodges. Um, and oh, so like, it's like local oh. propaganda. Right. <laughs> number four. <laughs> it's your local, your, your local Freemason <laughs> union. You unionize the Masonic yeah. International yes. Brotherhood of Gladio operatives. Uh, it's, it's the tress, it's the tress from the, um, from the novel, uh, Foucault's Pendulum, but they're a union now and it's good. So we have to yeah. support. Listen, I represent conspiracy theory <laughs> instigators union local 103. <laughs> I do UFOs. I do mole people. Uh, we, we represent big Mike, big Mike down there does weather control. What you need? What you need? Hey, listen, 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 fellas. Mike's rolling in forty-five minutes late with like a half eaten Italian sub. He totally fucking forgot to turn on the weather machine today. Just got like a, a truck, a truck bed full of weather machine parts just rattling around loose. Right, listen, it's fine. It's fine. I'm from the what does it matter? Line. We set the tornado the right place. What does it matter? It's forty-five minutes late. You talk to the rep. <laughs> I cannot walk under these conditions. I, I'm from the local 9-11 conspiracists union and I want to say that you're treading on our territory a little bit with this building <laughs> shit, okay? <laughs> so so oh, propaganda... So uh, propaganda okay. doing is like this is why the uh, union the uh, conspiracist union should be under IWW <laughs> wouldn't have this turf war. You just take your <laughs> you take your red card from like it, uh, like stage shooting to stage shooting. Listen, my father my father organized the JFK assassination. I organized the pl- the shoe bombing on the plane. You know my this is a union family. <laughs> So that, that is what so, propaganda due is. It's right. like the conspiracy the theorists' union. And the thing about this is that they they act primarily as well. First of all, to direct operations of Gladio, allegedly to direct operations of Gladio. And there's like enough stuff going on with that that it becomes pretty clear that like some there's definitely connections between the two. But also there is this thing with a bank that is managed by a member of propaganda due. Uh, called Roberto Calvi, whom Alice will talk about in a second. But uh, they mm. take money from the CIA and uh, route it through the Vatican Bank and then send it out all over the world to causes that the U.S. government is trying to support. So, for example, they sold, they sent money to the Contras, they sent money to Solidarność in Poland, and uh, when that became a whole thing, uh, and generally support, uh, you know, the anti-Antifa movements across the world, which you can just call FOP. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Roberto Calvi, uh, Alice, if you want to do the, the Calvi thing. Uh, Roberto Calvi is, like, he, th- this guy, he was called God's Banker because he moved so much money through the Vatican Bank. Um, but like, eventually he gets a little bit too too nervous about this, and uh, there, there is perhaps some suspicion that he moved some money to some places that he shouldn't have in order to enrich himself, and so, he disappears completely, which is a normal thing to do, right? Um, he, he goes to London, where he takes a walk to the underside of Blackfriars Bridge, a thing you can only reach by boat, um, fills his pockets full of rocks and ties his neck to the bridge and uh, strangles himself. Just yeah, like normal, a perfectly normal suicide. No need to investigate further. 
It absolutely, perfectly, no, nothing is weird about this. I would also like to point out, as we continue into the next section um, and the discussion of this, uh, A, I was Googling a bunch of farms in the Falkland Islands uh, because of a New, York, a New Yorker article. So if I disappear and have said that I've gone to the Falkland Islands, that's not where I went. Um, you know, uh, my hyoid bone is like, pretty weak uh and you know i am constantly having dark thoughts so keep all this in mind yeah, I mean, this away. is this is the thing like you know uh, you referenced uh, an umberto echo novel called Foucault's pendulum the premise of which is not to spoil too much that every conspiracy theory is true and happening simultaneously and one that's day I the, vine. the film rights to it one day yeah that's um, right. so it's also a prison yeah it is it is a prison <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm glad that we're talking about how much of a prison this all is. Okay, so the next slide has, uh, I think, the the context for Usika, because we are getting back to the plane. But um, mm -hmm. uh, clockwise from left, that's the kidnapping of Aldo Moro, the Piazza Fontana bombing in Milan, and the Bologna train station bombing, about which we will hear more later. But uh, essentially, the deal is that during the 70s, there are a series of incidents that take place that are uh, terrorist attacks from both the far right and the far left. Later, it is discovered that Gladio has some involvement in supporting and making these happen as part of what's called the strategy of tension. Literal false flag attacks. Once right. again, 70s Italy, the only place where mm -hmm. Alex Jones could have been right. And, and you know, it's, it's very... Operation Northwoods was a thing, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. true. I mean, also, like, you know, it's... it's, it's you say that, but also, you know, COINTELPRO existed... Uh, you know, the U.S. government regularly, like, just straight up lies to us about things. Not to get Alex Jonesy on here, but, like, the, the CIA carries these tactics with, with them both home and abroad. But essentially, the strategy of tension is intended to create a stable, like, crypto-fascist government to maintain capitalist power within a country. And it does Which this- Which is such a, like, like bombing the village in order to save it ass thing. Right. Very of, normal, like, very yeah. normal world. Um, Stability is when you blow up enough train stations that people do not vote communist. Right, and the more train stations you've blown up, the more stable the country is, as we all know. That's true. Um, true. But uh, also, by the way, uh, interesting thing to talk about, like all of these uh, suspiciously timed, quote unquote, Islamic terror attacks in, uh, in England hmm. that are part of the same. So the way that the strategy of tension works is essentially that you allow slash fund fascist terrorist attacks against not the state, but against the people. So that's why you only attack civilian targets at that. So Piazza Fontana was at a bank. Uh, the uh, the uh, Bologna train station bombing thing was as a train station. Uh, various other attacks were carried on on the civilian population, and the idea is you then make the civilian population turn towards the government to protect them against the fascists. But then you also allow left wing terror attacks slash fund slash make up left wing terror attacks against the state, so that the people who are now aligned with the state in terms of protecting themselves. Uh, are seeing the communists as the real threat and the real enemy. And that's why if you look at the Piazza Fontana bombing, like the, they immediately arrested this random anarchist for it. 
And then he suspiciously just happened to fall out of a fourth floor window, which is normal. A classic anarchist text. It's so weird how anarchists keep getting arrested for things they just do spontaneously and then just dying while trying to escape. All anarchists well, yeah, know it, is be bisexual, hand out water, <laughs> pull out a fourth floor window, and lie. <laughs> they, they, they don't believe in um, in these state mandated uh, safety features that prevent you from falling out windows. You see, <laughs> yeah, no think, gods, oh, shit, no masters, oh, no stairs. stairs. Hold on, they're anarchists. A state is a state. That's fair. That's fair. It's so much of an Ayn Rand inspired terrorist, just like not complying with OSHA regulations. <laughs> and like the thing is, the thing is that like they were. The thing is that like Gladio is kind of involved for to like some extent or another in pretty much all of these, right? Because right. they have this like secret network of people who are trained to use explosives and stuff, and they have like just regular like big old caches of explosives just all over. Italy. One of them's in a graveyard in Verona, which is incredibly like fucking and movie contains, shit. They all contain, as we'll talk about later, pla like plastic explosives, high grade rifles. Uh, so they don't contain any uh, any SA80s, and that's important. But um, the mm. so the, <laughs> no, it's, uh, you open one of these, and it's just like plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have, I have, I have, I have, uh, you know, compiled references so I can tie this into previous episodes, just like the writer that I am. But um, the so the thing is, uh, the the one on the left is probably one that we should just very quickly go over to talk about the guy that's in charge of Italy when all this happens, who centers very, like, very closely in this upcoming plane disaster. Uh, the guy on the left is uh, all around like just nice dude Aldo Moro, who was the head of Democrazia Cristiana. He was a prime minister uh, in the in the seventies, uh, in a portion of the seventies, until he was. His bodyguards were shot dead, and he was kidnapped out of the blue uh, by the Red Brigades. And please note that I'm making a really big, like, air quote <laughs> motion while I say yeah. it's, it's It's that thing, that classic thing that communist terrorists are able to do. Kill a bunch of uh, bodyguards, kidnap a prime minister, and then evade detection for months. Sometimes just by minutes, like the cops would be going to like raid an apartment. Huh, the coffee's still warm, but everyone's left. Almost like they oh, were warm. Everyone's gone. Oh, I wonder what could have happened here. Yeah, also. Certainly, <laughs> we, the police, have nothing to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I would like to I would like to say that like the machines that they were communicating on were previously owned by the Italian government, like in that within that year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the Red Brigades kidnapped Aldo Moro, and this guy called Francesco Cosiga, who we will talk about, forms essentially three emergency committees that grant himself a wide variety of powers. One of the <laughs> two of them are public, and one of them is secret, and contains a bunch of doctors who are like, "What's going on with Aldo Moro?" Because he seems to be chilling, like Jay chilling. Um, and uh, the um, the thing that happens there is that all of the minutes of that committee are leaked so that it makes it look like he's got Stockholm Syndrome and there's no way to get him back. And eventually, someone within the Red Brigades, uh, Francesco Cosiga refuses to negotiate with terrorists, and someone within the Red Brigades pulls the trigger and kills Aldo Moro. Because, and here's the most the motive. F's in the chat. F's in the chat for a, you know, a nice boy. Because the, the, the motive is that Aldo Moro had a plan to essentially invite the left into government 
and take the, de- the Democracia Cristiana out of coalition with the right-wing party. <laughs> that kind of shit is bad for your health. That's like when a, when an African leader starts using the words land reform. Or like That's really... When a Bolivian hmm. uh, president is like, I don't want to give this lithium to Elon Musk. It's like, whoops. Yeah. Really <laughs> hazardous activity. I'm sure that election is going to go fine, and we won't hear any problems with that, and the left will very peacefully and democratically regain its spot. Hmm. Um, so, Naturally. So, right, exactly. So, um, so this would have given the left in Italy like actual power in terms of uh, things that it like to pass, for example, welfare and union shit and all that. And nope, can't have, have that, that. Can't have that. No. And it's very widely suspected among Italians and in Italy that this was a front operation of Gladio, especially because Propaganda Due met literally hours after Aldo Moro was kidnapped. And Licio Gelli says, okay, well, the hard part is done. So, <laughs> but Jesus Christ, he's be barely to? even hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> what can okay, he so- where you're leading us to is this guy, Cosiga, yeah. who is like mysteriously, who's investigating, uh, who's like leading the government through its, its troubled time in the midst of this hostage crisis. Right. He and he's becomes. The... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, he becomes uh, prime minister, right? Yes, he becomes prime minister at the time that the Ustica thing is happening. So if we could go to the next slide, uh, we'll see him with one of history's greatest monsters. Headed to a pizza hut. <laughs> yes. uh, so the thing is that the thing is that Francesco Cosiga um, was is like from a bourgeois family who are radically anti-communist. He made his bones in politics by putting down the Bologna student rebellion, by infiltrating them, uh, directing them to do violence, and then arresting them and their professors and putting them in jail. Um, no parallels. Right. These days, you can be arrested and thrown in jail simply for being a student activist. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I love that joke. Uh, anyway, so uh, he is elected prime minister in uh, after this, uh, you know, this uh, kidnapping uh, in seventy nine to eighty. And the thing about Democrazia Cristiana is they have like ten very boring politicians who are just sort of shunted upwards up the ladder between prime minister and president, etc. Um, so like he's yeah, J- a, Jack Johnson and John Jackson exactly uh, like trading places yes. to be prime minister of Italy, and the the John Jackson in the situation is uh, Francesco Cosiga, and the Jack Johnson is this guy um, is this guy whose name I am some uh, Giulio Andreotti, uh, who is like basically the same dude but less fun and cool. And Cosiga is prime minister during this whole thing. We'll talk a little bit more about his prime ministership, but he resigns a few months after Bologna. And after like a bunch of evidence about Operation Gladio is revealed, and like the list of uh, members of Propaganda Due and the extent of that conspiracy, etc., which is very suspicious, then he becomes president in the nineties. Uh, but he starts getting very depressed and sarcastic uh, after this big <laughs> fight. <that. laughs> this big fight that he has with Giulio Andreotti, uh, where Andreotti spills the beans on Gladio and is like, "Yeah, we did this. Cosigo was involved, and I was involved, and it's all fine now." You know, it, it's so everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> he, so the thing is, Sorry about that. Uh, you know, and, and then the communists tried to impeach him, but he, you know, he got really mad, and he basically um, he was called Il Matacone, uh, so like the pickaxe wielder. Um, because he just like said whatever the fuck was on his mind, including that like, for example, Palestinians did uh, the the uh, the the Bologna, Bologna train, train station, station yeah, bombing. Yeah, yeah. Um, just and, absolute bullshit. But like, he's a he quiet, part loud guy, right? 
Yeah, and he did actually struggle with bipolar disorder and depression a lot in his later years. So it's, well, a, he's, it's he's a small bean. He's he's just a small bean. Mm-hmm. Hoax is doing fascist coups. So okay, now that the plan. Yeah. Uh, so that's the background that you need to understand what exactly is going on. Yeah. With Th- thank you, thank you yeah. for attending Noah and Alice's Italian Politics University about My- how everything bad is the CIA. Right, but listen, uh, yeah. the CIA uh, loves to make the pizza and loves to make the pasta. You know? yeah. So speaking of pizza and pasta, <laughs> so uh, up here is Bologna, right? Up here, right? Hmm. That's Bologna. And, and, oh, that's it. Bologna, yes. Down here is Palermo, right? Right. People like to go there for vacations to southern Italy from northern Italy, right? Mm-hmm. It's going from Germany right. to Spain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah, because uh, over like here, this is basically Germany, or it's also kind of like Ohio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I would like, like to again just say that I'm here to defend Italians unironically and say that Northern Italy is very beautiful and that particular region is very communist. So, you know, yeah, but but you don't like that kind of like Ohio. Yeah, I, I do actually like Northern <laughs> Italian pasta. I like all Italian pastas. They all rule. Anyway, I love Italy. Best country in the world. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, okay. Now, one of the things is back in uh, late 70s, early 80s, the way you get anywhere from anywhere else in Italy is you, you got to basically fly there, right? Unless you want to take a long, slow train, get on a ferry, cross the strait, get the Palermo. Mm. I absolutely uh, want to do that, but I'm yeah. fucking weird. So the ferry is a row row ferry, yeah. so you don't really want to do that. Oh, exactly. no, don't no, no, belay that. Never mind. Yep. No. At this point, there was one high speed line. It went from Florence to Rome. It was called the Directissima, right? Hmm. And that that opened in 1977. The very direct. The same time. <laughs> yes. I think around the same time the French had the TGV, but we never hear about the Italians pioneering high-speed rail for some reason. Um, the left hates Italians oh, and erases their contribution. <laughs> it's just worse PR. I mean, that's that's literally. I'm just here to defend Italians. That's that's why I'm here. Okay, they rule, and I love Italy. Please let me back in. Yeah. So, on the 27th of June, 1980, Itavia Flight 870 which was a McDonnell Douglas DC-9 Series 15 that we saw in an earlier slide, takes off from Bologna en route to Palermo, right? Two hours delayed on the tarmac. Um, now, Imagine being in that plane and being like, can this get any worse? <laughs> I know, right? I can't so, work from friends. <laughs> hey, Shut the fuck off. up. <laughs> they just left out the phalange before they took off. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they took off in heavy weather, um, but the uh, weather clears after they get into the Tyrrhenian Sea. That's this area here, right? So around 8.37 p.m., uh, they just lose radio contact with the plane, right? Oh, good. There's, uh, no, no one knows what happened, right? There's no indication of distress, nothing. Is that good? They yeah, scram- the Just people living their lives, not a cell phone in sight. Just fine. They they scramble the Air Force to look for the flight, right? Now, it was was very clear, right? But they still had poor visibility. Hmm. Because it was night. Mm, That's not so good. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a twist. <laughs> there was a gremlin on the plane, Wayne, and you know nobody was yeah. paying attention. <laughs> they didn't believe so, me. Yeah. Now again, the weather was good. They gave no distress signal. The next day, they found wreckage floating on the surface and a bunch of bodies also floating on the ocean. So they they found out the plane wrecked pretty quickly. It's not like MH370 where it's like I don't know, it flew into a time warp or some bullshit. Yeah, right? you, you got to like crash but, it into a bigger ocean if you want the time warp effect. It's the worst right. vacation ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then the question the question became: All right. How did this plane wreck? Hmm. It was a mysterious act of God's love, and I don't think that we can question <laughs> yes. that. Oh. Yeah. Well, the investigation was sandbagged for a long time by the Italian government and a lot of other, a, a lot of other Italian institutions, right? Uh, um, the Muro di Gama. Yeah, so uh, they, you gotta, you gotta do the accent. The muro di gomma. The muro di gomma means the rubber wall, and that's what it's referred to because every time that like the families of the victims try and get any answers out of the Italian government, it just bounces off. Uh, especially because like they really had to pressure Cosiga to do an investigation into it, which eventually he caved. Which is and- fucking weird, right? Like, if there's a plane crash that's like normal and unsuspicious, when you ask the president or the prime minister, hey, do you think we should do something about this? Normally, I think their reaction is not like, eh, no, I have to go now. To be fair, Alice, the all of the people who could have investigated it were, you know, on shop at all. They were striking, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The local, the local 69th Conspiracy Union was on strike. <laughs> <laughs> New merch idea. Mm. So after, after a long time, uh, Kasiga, who, he's the prime minister, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, he's president at the time that they do the investigation. He was prime minister. He resigned in 1980, and then he was elected. Basically again. interchangeable. Who cares? I, don't. Yeah, I, whatever. It doesn't matter, because there's, it's the same clique of, like, ten people that control the government. Yeah, it's, all the time. it's Jack Johnson and John Jackson. Who cares? Right. Yeah. He allows the French to investigate the underwater crash site, you know, with this this nice, friendly ROV right here. You know, uh-huh. going go or whatever it's called. What's the under? It's underwater? called. No, it is an RV. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah it's, 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 it's it's cute. It's a little yeah. like little photocopier underwater. Yeah. I kind of like it. Our name's yeah. on the side. But they they managed to find the cockpit voice recorder. You know, at the black box. Uh, but you know, it had been on the seafloor by like twelve years. Once they get it, Jesus, um, <laughs> that's a real Italian pacing there. I love it. But they're able they're <laughs> able to recover it. By uh, thanks yeah. to a company that may or may not be owned by front companies of the French Secret Service, according to the Corriere de la Sera, but you know, mm. not suspicious. <laughs> well, y'all didn't get it, so I don't know what the fucking problem is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want it so bad, you go find it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, they sent the cockpit voice recorder to Washington D.C. to to uh, for investigation by the National Transportation Safety Board, right? Normal. Because the sky is American. All of it's American. Yes. Therefore, <laughs> this is America's business. That's right? true. Yes. Yes. Unironically that. Well, that's what the seas ocean. are. The seas the sea are owned is, by yeah, America. From sea to shot. I'm sorry, you don't have a blue water navy or eleven <laughs> aircraft carriers. Maybe you should prioritize that. Eleven <laughs> aircraft carriers and one fewer helicopter carrier as it's currently burning to the waterline. That's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix it. We'll, we'll build, build, build three more. 
with our many, yeah. many exactly. factories that we still have and are good. We have the replacement. The bo- no, we got the shipyards, baby. We can the rebuild it. We have the technology. Yes. <laughs> so they, they recover, uh, you know, they recover a lot of the plane. They re- recover it. They reassemble it as per the photo we put up before. Yeah, I think this was uh, one of the first big flagship cases for reconstructing an airplane from the wreckage of it. That hadn't really been it, done before. It was this in Lockerbie, I think. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Before that, that was a that was a stupid idea to be like we just put the jigsaw puzzle back together in a mm-hmm. hangar. But this is one of the brilliant things about stupid ideas is sometimes they work. Hmm. Yes. So if it works and it's stupid. It's not stupid, Roz. True. <laughs> so they they and then some of it's sent to a British lab for chemical analysis, right? And this is the part where we need to talk about plastic explosives. Uh, Thank you, Alice. We never trust the goddamn British. That's that's no. true. That's true. We should be arresting them simply for the, I, the rule of threes. I had to put it in there. We start starting another war of eighteen twelve, but on our terms now. We're taking Canada. Toronto again. Right. I, I did tweet out last night at like midnight. Uh, you know, oh no, the British are awake again. It's time for me to put away my plans for taking revenge for the War of 1812. We're playing Crimson, baby. Let's fucking go. <laughs> All right. Hearts up. So we're going to draw a distinction here between plastic explosives and a different kind of, of between plastics, pla- between plastic explosives and explosives with plastic in them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Plasticized okay. explosives. Yeah. So your earliest plastic explosives were developed by Alfred Nobel, you know, the dynamite guy. He, he came out with something in 1875 called galignite, right? Also known as blasting jelly. He kept hitting home runs and he didn't want to. He was like, no, actually, this is bad. But I, I hit it when I improperly store my blasting jelly and it grows a layer of mold. because because i have a really fancy la restaurant where i just sell blasting jelly to a bunch of hipsters for like french toast with blasting jelly and 19 bucks a plate baby (laughs) fuck yeah oh when you have a plastic explosive right uh plastic refers to how the explosive can be shaped and molded and deformed right Mm-hmm. Rather than using actual plastic, right? It's an adjective, not a yeah. noun. As uh, a lot of the early ones would use like paraffin wax or something like that as opposed to plastic because they didn't have any. Although they may use actual plastic in the formulation just to confuse you further, right? <laughs> in this now, case, right. it's helpful. It's helpful to think of it as uh, just a plastic just here means like squishable. Yes. Yeah. This is actually, this is good that I'm learning this because this is the one area that my material science class that I had to take when I was being an engineer, foolishly, uh, just did not cover at all. So, you know. Weird. That's uh, good. For some reason. For some like reason. The distinction between plastic and elastic? <laughs> no, no oh, I mean, God. it's just like literally right. like explosives not covered. <laughs> what do you mean, what do you mean flammable and inflammable mean the same thing? <laughs> Don't like it. All right. So let's look at the parts. The parts of the explosive that explode, right? Oh boy. So, 
La 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 la. la. <laughs> all, all, we talk about, all we talk about in this podcast is organic chemistry, of course. Shit. Um, so first we got to talk about RDX. That stands for Research Department Explosive. Right? <laughs> <It's> explosive <laughs> starts with an E, not an X. <laughs> so now you can see all these blue guys are nitrogen. That means it can go boom, right? Hmm. You, so it's more... also fertilizer. Yeah, it's, but yes. it's also good fertilizer, so impossible to say if bad or good on this one. <laughs> Spreading plastic explosives in a thin sheet over my fields. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this one is actually a pretty bad fertilizer. <laughs> this was first synthesized in 1898 by George Friedrich Henning, uh, but production was not really perfected until the early years of World War II by the British, right? Our fault. Our fault. Our fault. <laughs> Uh, got, you know, per pound, it's got more energy than TNT because you know lots of nitrogens. So you can have a smaller and more explosive uh, charge, right? It's very, very stable. You can shoot it; it won't detonate usually. Um, <laughs> you can set it on fire. You can do a lot of stuff to it; usually won't detonate. It's also the main ingredient in C four, which incidentally right? means a fun fact that I learned. Um, it, it, uh, you can burn small amounts of C4 to use them as ration heaters. Huh. Uh, you oh, yeah. you yeah. should yeah. not do this, however, because it will create a fuck ton of extremely toxic gases. And so every couple yeah. of years, you'll see a news story in Stars and Stripes or whatever that's like, oh, a couple of Marines got hospitalized again because they were like, instead of using the FRH in this MRE, we should just burn some C4. Oh wait, what is cyanide gas? My entire body is shutting down Actually, now. I, I have a question on this, which may be a stupid question because, uh, again, I switched out of being an engineer because I hated it, uh, and material science <laughs> and material Wise science decision, right? And material science was like one of the classes that d like dropped my GPA so low I almost lost my scholarship. But um, so if you if you have the like an RDX compound. Do you will it explode on its own, or does it have to have a casing in order for it to build up the pressure in order to explode? I, I believe it just explodes on its own. Oh, very fun. Um, I think you need a proper detonator, right? Which brings us to the second chemical here, PETN. Hmm. That ah. stands for pentaerythritol tetranitrate. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Yeah, that makes sense. La la la. Yeah. This was uh also invented by the Germans uh in eighteen ninety four. It was used a lot in World War One, less stable than RDX, uh still pretty commonly used, especially in detonators for like other plastic explosives. And it's the main ingredient in a few kinds of semtex, because there's lots of Apparently, there's lots of different kinds of semtex. I, I learned this today. Used often by uh, Albert, quote, Al, unquote, Kaya. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I, I should point out, since you asked, the, this is classified uh, RDXs as a secondary explosive, um, or, or sometimes a tertiary explosive. The difference is that like, they don't explode very sensitively on their own. You usually need to like detonate it with... Uh, a smaller charge or something more reactive. Got it. Well, they look very delicious, so, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just something to not eat. 
So yeah, your, your Semtex and your C4, they're plastic explosives that can be shaped by hand or with simple tools in the field. But now I have to get to talk about their counterpart, also made out of these components. You know, explosives made with plastic, which are not plastic explosives. Right? <laughs> oh boy, okay. <laughs> so With so, you so far. Yeah, so you, you combine these with certain plastics to form PBX, that's polymer bonded explosives, right? Mm-hmm. Man, you do so all of this complicated chemistry and you still don't know that explosive starts with a fucking <laughs> E. Yes. So, so, so these are these are like they have plastic in them, but they're not deformable. They're not ductile. Yeah, you can't really do it by hand like you can with the plastic explosives, right? Okay. They'll hold their shape at room temperature, right? Got it. So you can take PBX and you can shape it into complex shapes. You can mold them at high pressure. You can even mill some of them on a CNC machine. <laughs> right? Using my big fucking turret lathe on some explosives. Filing that you one can, away. You can extrude <laughs> them. You can extrude them like they're pasta. <laughs> the forbidden pasta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, um, like, oh no, that's... Don't bother touching my spaghetti! Oh no, that's the spice irrigatory that we all did. So one of the things these guys are used for, I mean, they're used for shaped charges, of course, because you can shape them easy. Uh, sometimes you can make them so they're like rubbery, so they're more shock resistant, right? Um, they're also very good for nuclear explosives, right? So you can form what's called an explosive lens. And that's sort of like the um, the way you 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 have a shaped charge inside the nuclear warhead in order to properly squish the nuclear material into itself to uh, achieve supercriticality, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. No, thank you. I would simply yeah. not do that. Explosive. No, you, you have to, or it won't work. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also used in conventional sep- uh, conventional weapons such as the Sidewinder missile, right? That uses a sort of hollow steel spring, right? That's filled with PBX N3. And that's 85% RBX, 15% nylon, right? And that allows it to achieve a specific explosive pattern, right? Mm, You cast debris out in as wide an area as possible so you don't have like near misses. Oh yeah, it goes into like a circle because it's like a bunch of uh, steel bars which are welded together alternately at each end so it like expands out into a big ring yeah just, just like chain thing. shot but like what, oh yeah can we just go back to using like bronze cannons to storm the walls of constantinople like embrace tradition reject modernity <laughs> you, you think the warfare has gotten too modern it has i miss the days when people had like these big puffy sleeves on their outfits and they had mm. like hikes and shit and like 90% of casualties were just because you got tuberculosis or like legionnaires disease out in the field you know call of duty <laughs> <laughs> don't give them ideas i would play that i actually i think that's just mountain blade warband <laughs> I see see you have a slide here that requires like some sensitive and and tactful drops that uh win. This is a very this is a I I just wanna I I wanna point out again because I'm here to defend Italians. This is a placeholder slide that just kind of like this is just where we're at. Um 
uh, I, I again, you know, I love Italy, um, and uh, please don't ban me from visiting because it is my ambition to die in an apartment in Rome. Um, hmm. Yeah, don't care how. So we're, we're, we're doing we're doing some we're doing Rashomon here, right? Because yeah. uh, because this did the spooky mystery thing of just fucking blowing up or something. Uh, and just disappearing. We don't know what happened. All we can have are theories, and we're going to present those theories to you. That's um, not how I remember yeah. it. Precisely. <laughs> and so this is theory one. Uh, somebody put a fucking bomb in the turlet. <laughs> <laughs> Me yeah. after my morning coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so Log it out, baby. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, they just reached in a tissue holder, built in the wall, put a small quantity of plastic explosives wrapped in sheeting uh, right up against the frame of the aircraft. And that goes off on a timer at some point. The plane splits in half in midair, no warning. The front goes in the Mediterranean more or less vertically, right? Mm -hmm. um, like it's, now, it's also, that's, that's borne out by the cockpit voice recorder because those dudes had no idea what was going on. Like it just oh, yeah, ends yeah. with a dude just going like, what? And then it just ends. Right. Now, again, what we have of the cockpit voice recorder does oh, say yeah. that. Yes. Uh, you know, let's, uh, but it's basically that they don't even get a full sentence out before it just cuts out, which is cool and fine. Normal. Hmm. We can say with relative certainty that the uh, the plane did go nose down into the Mediterranean, right? Because of how the way the front of the wreckage is deformed, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of crumpled like an accordion, you know. Right. Which and it's uh, yeah, and th this we get all of this detail from the British report, um, right. which like got into some some highly technical stuff about the like actual fuselage wreckage, and it also contains this sentence, which I enjoyed because I'm a child. Um, it is still firmly believed that no initial event other than an internal explosion in this area can explain the extensive, violent, and consistent mm -hmm. movement outwards and away from the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh, is a boy. fucking I, I, mood, let me tell you. Just I, I, IBS I, posts. Me when I had to drop a deuce at the club. <laughs> Someone had a couple too many uh, spicy meatballs. <laughs> he, had, he had the forbidden, the, the forbidden spicy explosive rigatoni, and you know, just blew up. <laughs> oh no, I feel like I've been eating pasta, but instead it was pasta explosives. <laughs> and the, 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 the sauce, meatball. the sauce was gently spiced with a secondary explosive. <laughs> 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 when they added pecorino romano on top, created the ultimate, uh, you know, an ultimate <laughs> accidental explosion. Um, mm. So, so there, there is, yeah. Now so that's what I terrorism. call a pasta alla rabbiata. Cancelled. <laughs> Cut his mic. They made, they, they, made it, they made the sauce with nitroglycerin, but also really good tomatoes still. Right, which, not, no. which they <laughs> imported from the Netherlands for some reason, because that's what Italy is now doing with most of its tomatoes. Oh my god. There's no rail, in, there's not a good rail infrastructure to get tomatoes up from the south, where they are better. Still not fixed, Jesus Christ. Like, the, is this why I can't get San Marzano's anymore? Well, yes. you can get really shitty San Marzano's, but yeah, that's that's part of the reason. Um, I mean, you know, everybody's like, oh, ma Mussolini ha fatto anche delle buone cose, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, 
well, then where are those buone cose in regards to the railways in the Mezzogiorno, huh? Are you saying he huh? didn't make the trains run on time? Actually, in fact, there is empirical evidence to support that the trains ran less well under Mussolini. <laughs> so if, if you were on the fence about doing fascism, please do not, because it does make the trains worse. Because the trains are worse. Right, yes. Yes, that's true. Um, so, so this is this is like so. W what we're proposing here is that somebody does some terrorism by like blowing up the turlets. Yeah, um, and, and I want to I want to yeah. say there's a note in here that says that like you know uh, when you do terrorism there's a political motive and people show up. But when you do terrorism in Italy in the 70s and 80s uh, and 60s, there actually when you do terrorism in Italy in the entire second half of the 20th century, the, the assigning a motive to uh, like people and like the the responsibility is very unclear it's not like you know when you when you have like a shoe bomber who's like ah i'm working with isis uh you know it's uh you know because he went to the hr director for isis and was like hello i'm looking for a job and they were like well what are your qualifications hmm. well, like it, it, that's that's also somewhat murkier because like generally what happens when you have claims of responsibility for an islamic terrorist attack is unless it's one of the like big guys like isis or al-qaeda you will find that like people claim responsibility in the name of groups no one has ever heard of that right. are probably just fronts for other groups right. so like you'll find that like uh it's the the ansar al-din of you know fucking Stoke Newington or wherever. And that's exactly um, what happens uh, here. The, the except Guards in Austin. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Jeez. It's the Chicago Maoists who are like, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna instead of building public housing, we're just gonna build uh, we're gonna plant vegetables in this oil yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Illinois Nazis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate Illinois Nazis. Well, you know, the, I hate Illinois Nazis too because I once had to work as a I once had to work uh doing uh street canvassing for the ACLU in Chicago, which is my hometown. And uh, everybody got mad at me because everybody remembered the time that the ACLU defended Nazis' rights to march through Skokie, a primarily Jewish neighborhood. So what I'm saying is, fuck that. Fuck the ACLU. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, anti-ACLU podcast for the most yes. part. Uh, you know, they're just they're liberal brainworms. So, what, what, what we're saying here is that it's it's potentially a little bit weird that like nobody's claiming responsibility for this, but on the other hand, it's not unheard of. It's it's like also like nobody claimed responsibility for like Piazza Fontana. They just found a guy and pinned it on him, and then later were like, "Oh nope, it was fascists." Uh, hmm. huh, whoops! whoops. He, he fell out of this fourth floor window. Or like the Bologna thing, which we'll talk about. There, like somebody claimed Two responsibility. Time. Yeah, yes. No, we'll talk about that. But like somebody claimed responsibility. <laughs> I, I, I do want to point out that the 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 placeholder note text for this slide simply says jacked up toilet picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bathrooms with threatening auras. <laughs> they found traces uh, of RDX on the plane, right? Hmm. They also find some weird uranium byproducts, right? Normal. I'm that's fine. sure that's fine. But like, also, it was the 80s, and they had only just gotten rid of the Fiesta ware that is radioactive, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what it's gonna be, is because 80s Italy is every conspiracy theory at once, there was just independently, like, a suitcase nuke on the plane, <laughs> for different unrelated reasons. No, it was... It was they were eating the the explosive spicy pasta in uh, Fiestaware uranium bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I love to get on a plane and play with my radium chemistry set. But yeah, so here's some images showing how the the, the bathroom blew up 
indicating the bomb was in the bathroom. Yeah, weird how you would know to like put the bomb inside the toilet tissue holder because that's right up against the like actual airframe. That's weird. Well, that is I weird. mean, I assume they have some amount of spatial awareness. Like they can find out that oh yeah, the bathroom is next to the no, end, no, the no, side of the plane. You know, I guess I'm, so. I'm kind of like like I don't when I open the door to the bathroom in the plane, I don't suddenly like lose object permanence, right? Brag much? What is my butthole? Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, uh, so, isn't it also like next to the engine, the bathroom on this plane? Uh, it's it's kind of it's right. towards it's like in the rear third. So yeah, it's pretty close. It's over the back yeah, of the okay. wing, and then, uh, yeah, so if you wanted to, like, blow up a plane as, like, cleanly as possible, this would be how. Uh, which suggests that if it, if there's a guy... <laughs> 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 uh, okay. It's not related. Anyway, in this picture, in this picture, you will see an agent for operation. This is taken in the Bologna train An agent for Operation Gladio uh, standing in front of Bologna with a plastic explosive bomb. Uh, the, the funniest portion of this image that's just like a carrying case for the bomb. It just happens to look like a cartoon bomb. The funniest portion mm. of this image to blow. The funniest part of this is I already had this made before this podcast. Yeah, thanks, to another, thanks to another bit that we did. So like my, my, no, my favorite part is the Gladio chef's hat. <laughs> Well, you gotta make that. You gotta make the explosives lasagna. That's know? right. Yeah. So um, this is this is hmm. through the pasta, through like the hand crank pasta <laughs> machine. Over and over. <laughs> so this is this is the Bologna bombing, right? Which we're treating with the gravity and seriousness that uh, we're known for. Which, uh, um, like the the hmm. thing about this is that uh, it's important to remember again that this is where the plane came from. Bologna is mm -hmm. known to be a very like left wing region. It's called the Regione Rossa because it's like the red region. And uh, and uh, again, remember that Francesco Cosiga is like famous for putting down student riots in Bologna uh, that were like very left wing, very communist. So this is a big communist stronghold. And basically, there is a um, you know there's an air conditioned waiting room in uh, in the Bologna train station, which I don't think you can see in this particular slide. I think it might actually be on the left in this slide, that little building to the left. I'm pointing with my finger as if you can see it, but um, and basically, is what got hit the worst. Yeah, no, I think that's the spot. I'm not entirely sure because it's there are other pictures that are just like a different angle. But basically, it's an air conditioned waiting room, and Bologna got very hot that summer. This is in August. And this is right after, like literally, like you know, like a month after the uh, the Ustica thing. Um, and uh, there's like a hundred people in there, and it explodes all of a sudden. There's a bomb in a suitcase, and it blows up, and it kills a bunch of people. Uh, again, I'm really glad that we treated this with the seriousness that it deserves, so that we didn't. <laughs> yeah, come right. I will certainly not use any drops of. <laughs> 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, again, again, please don't ban me from Italy, a country to which I really need to emigrate immediately. Um, but so the thing is, the this bombing uh, is uh, real interesting because uh, initially, like, a, uh, you know, a call comes in saying that a neo-fascist terrorist group set it off. But then they trace the call, and it's coming from Sismi headquarters, which is the Italian intelligence service. <laughs> Once again, between this and the Moro thing, it's like this barely covering your tracks thing. Not even really. Right, but it's yeah. also it's interesting. Just... It's very interesting that this bombing happens in such quick succession after the Ustica thing, and then, like a month after this, all the names of the Propaganda Due members are leaked, and then there's the Banco Ambrosiano scandal, and Roberto Calvi dies, and it all happens in pretty quick succession. And, Cosiga also resides. Um, so, you know, I don't know who could have done this, you know? who? Oh, also, Francesco Cosiga blamed this on Palestinians, which, like, again, real. Just yeah. thank you. I, I, we, have, we have no idea who could have done this. Next slide, please. <laughs> Palestinians as hell. Picture unrelated. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is this is our like unified theory one, right? Is Gladio in some like whether controlled or not, uh in some way uses some of those American supplied explosives and uh like just blows up the plane. So it happens. I actually I actually have a corollary theory to this, which is that essentially I my my in there, there's a really interesting thing to note about, and I think Ross pointed this out, that like um, there is the two-hour delay in the mm. plane on the, mm -hmm. the bomb timer. Uh, yeah, because Italy is an efficient yeah. country. And if the yes. plane had been allowed to reach, the, uh, reach its destination, it would have landed in the Palermo airport, which is a flashpoint of conflict between local communists and uh, a mob boss uh, whose name was Gaetano Badalamenti who was like very closely tied in with Giulio Andreotti, who was one of these DC vultures who like all controlled the government. And allegedly, Giulio Andreotti used this guy to uh, do a murder of a journalist and like a bunch huh. of other shit. Allegedly, yeah. it's not been, he was charged of a bunch of things and mm -hmm. then cleared. And he was like, uh, you know, he was like, oh, I have been, except for the Punic Wars, which I was too young to be a part of, mm -hmm. I've been accused of everything bad in Italy. And I was like, Ugh. Okay. I mean, so, don't, don't tweet about that. I like this theory. It's a good mix of uh, like malice and incompetence at the same but, time. But there's being also, like, yeah, we try to blow up this airport. But there's also what I think is happening is that this is a situation where there is mass lack of coordination within the Gladio Stay Behind network. So you have multiple people just going out and doing all these bombings and drawing a lot of attention to it. So if I were the U.S. government and I wanted to wrap up this whole thing without incident, I would theoretically put out a name of all of these people and discredit them and have them removed from their government positions while not touching the very highly placed people like Giulio Andreotti and Francesco Cosiga, who I have as my assets. And in fact, you know, afterward, there are CIA people who are skulking around Milan and being like, so tell me about Gladio. Anybody still involved with Gladio around here? And I'm like, mm. <laughs> The tax insensitivity. <laughs> like, you think we're bad, the CIA is worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and, and I, you know, I, 
I don't know whether it was like, and you know, some sort of schism going on in Gladio, which it could have been, uh, or some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of uh, rounding up of or and wrapping up of the operation now that the Soviet Union was starting to sort of fall, and you're moving from the the domestic disasters of the Carter administration, the foreign disasters of the Carter administration to like the Reagan administration and all that, uh, who they were well, collaborating just with. Like- or just like an inflection point of like this gets to be too much even for the US yeah. and they're just like no you 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 can't just be bombing shit at random anymore that's our job yeah and, and then you know you can't be bombing shit at random in Europe when we move to the middle east that is where we will relocate our bombing shit at random operations get any good get any good help these days got you we're closing our regional franchise of the cia bombing shit association and opening <laughs> a new regional franchise in saudi arabia when a guy comes in from corporate i mean that it basically was pete Buttigieg's job either yeah. whether you believe in the cia or not is just be being the guy from corporate who flies yeah, in and tells you you're doing everything wrong like the guy from corporate who flies into like somaliland and it's like no no you're supposed to be growing opium come on (laughs) the peats come in and say what would you say you do here (laughs) (laughs) you're just like listen i put i planted that bomb in that train station that killed all those people and they're just like yeah uh well you know what what have you done for us lately well they're trying to increase your stapler away <laughs> they're trying to someone there's an Italian fucking office space guy. <laughs> no, somewhere in Italy, I guarantee you there is a guy named Pietro Budagetto and like, you know, <laughs> Pietro Budagetto and he's like, you know, exactly, he's just like constantly going like Siamo na gente, etc. Okay, so that's that's one theory. That's, that's Rashomon one. They were trying to diversify yeah. their uh, their workforce uh, and interrogate more bodies and spaces. That's the theory. <laughs> <laughs> Roll on to the next slide. Ah, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how i remember it <laughs> yeah we're rolling it back that's not what happened what happened is remember that thing about pbx about the like composition of explosives in sidewinder air-to-air missiles and this that's- is a sidewinder by the way the snake oh it's very it's very cute it's um, yeah, very cute so It'll it's murder you so the whole time after the crash, there are these secret diplomatic cables flying around between various members of NATO, which is weird, right? Like, for an unsuspicious plane crash. And in one of these cables, they say, huh, well, you know, we said it was it was RDX from, like, uh, C4, but uh, actually it was this PBX compound that's used in uh, air-to-air missiles. Uh, which specific- would lead you... Uh, they specifically mention it's used in one of three types of missiles, and I, uh, I, I, I think I don't know if they got the facts wrong or they just knew something we didn't. Um, but they said it was either a Sidewinder, a Sparrow, or Matra, and the first two of those were uh, U.S. and the last one was French. So normal. Hmm. So just yeah, so somebody was carrying in their checked baggage an American or French air-to-air <laughs> missile. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time that somebody blew up the toilet 
and like took out somebody's uranium collection. Well, they can't let you do. You can't do that anymore because they they don't let you. They don't let you carry more than like three ounces of a sidewinder yeah, missile. Back in, back in the day, plane. Italian airport security was just a guy waves your air-to-air -air missile onto the like plane as like carry-on. Excuse me, that's not a carry-on. That's my wife. <laughs> I I have a theory about the uranium, but that will be revealed at a future time. Okay, okay all right. So, I'm excited. So, so what what we're suggesting here is the plane gets shot down by a fighter jet. Yes. Um, and uh, again, these are diplomatic cables. They continue after the thing, and like, there's a lot mm -hmm. of uh, talking about like what evidence they can really get out of the plane and they things of that nature. The, they send the British. Uh, uh, they they go to the British uh, consulate, and they're like, uh, uh, they're just like, real sorry, old chap, but could you uh, go to down to the lab and find out what you could really get out of that plane? You mm -hmm. know, <laughs> oh, pip, pip, yeah, one, one of those questions mm -hmm. you ask while waggling your eyebrows theatrically. That's what British people sound like to me. Judge has no fucking idea, too. He's just like, man, like, we want to find a watch or what? Gotta strap on the rebreather, just like looking for some asshole's grandfather's pocket watch. I don't fuck, I'm supposed to be looking for I missed lunch. I <laughs> uh, gotta go back down there again, Jesus Christ. You gotta take your cigarette break underwater. <laughs> mm. So like so the, again, snipers will say. Well, we 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 come back to um the same question as with the bombing, which is, do you do something like this by accident or on purpose? And again, yes. this plane, two and a half hours late, um, there is a suggestion. I don't. I personally do not buy this, but there is a suggestion that. The Italian Air Force, known for their their competence and their restraint, are doing some uh, like some training, and then, huh? All of a sudden, there's a flight in airspace where it's not supposed to be at night, and then at night, and hey, Luigi, I shoot down the airliner. Oops, there's Liano. Right. Oh, by the way, great Italian word, guazzabuglio. Great, the huge mess is, uh, you know, it's it basically <laughs> yeah. translates to clusterfuck. Uh, by the way, I also want to mm. defend Italians again by saying that Italy had the best air force in the world uh, until Mussolini and was shooting like, down airline. Oh. No, until until Mussolini was <laughs> yeah, shooting down airline. No, Just painting. <laughs> yeah, we, we we break the case wide open as we zoom in really far mm -hmm. on this photo and find like a little like painted silhouette of a passenger <laughs> plane. It's only because here in the United States we use the Navy to shoot down airliners. That's true. <laughs> yeah, <you're welcome>. That's <laughs> true. They keep doing it. I do want to say. I do want to say. We we had er, the, the the Italians had the best uh, you know air force in the world, and we're one of the first militaries to really use planes and spin off an air force. Until Mussolini was like, uh, I don't like this guy who does the air force. So. Yeah, well, watch watch the documentary Porco Rosso. Yeah, that's um, true. I better be I'd rather be a fascist, or I'd rather be a pig than a fascist. So you know, that's right. You know. Uh, so yeah, and and we have we have a we have a next slide of this, which is. The Ramstein air disaster. Uh, is that a new album? The <laughs> 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 it, 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 like the the Italian air force is doing aerobatics, and due to a slight miscalculoopsy, um, 
just fully takes out, I think it was like two fast jets and then a bunch of spectators on the ground. Um, they were all also involved in the conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, they knew too much. It's collateral like, damage. Every, every single one of them was about to shoot the other one with a silenced pistol. And then... The, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, the thing is, they both knew about the impending return of Mussolini, who had survived <laughs> his attack. And because Mussolini is the occluded imam of Gladio. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah. Futurama head in a jar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, the, the, this is this is part of the Mura di Gomma, right? If, if depending it, it's it's apt that it's di Gomma, right? Because it is elastic in that sense. You can stretch things as much as you want to include them being part of this cover-up, up to and including uh both of these pilots who died in the Ramstein Air Force uh, air show disaster, like knew too much, and maybe they were the ones who shot down the plane, right? It's um, ironic that it's elastic when it has to do with plastic explosives. I would also yeah. like to add, though, um, as a counterpoint, two of the guys involved, uh, the, the upper-level uh, Air Force guys involved, uh, died in suicides. Uh, one of mm -hmm. them just slit his throat uh, casually and did not leave a note. And at the funeral, the families, <laughs> the families were told explicitly not to get an autopsy. And also, a third guy just died of a heart attack at 37. Uh, no word on his <laughs> On tonight's episode of The X-Files, we investigate the hyoid bone. <laughs> yeah, but like, I remember there was another one of like, uh, an air traffic controller who was on duty that night, being like, telling his wife, yeah, I think I kind of saw something I wasn't really supposed to, I don't know what's <laughs> up with that, I'm feeling kind of nervous about it, and then just like, does not come home. Weird. Um, so like, obviously there is, there is some cover-up happening, uh, who could be responsible for this? Next slide, please. <laughs> oh, what's that? What's with that unrelated photo? <laughs> Why does? How does this keep getting into our slides? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I keep I keep copying it and putting increasingly vulgar jokes in the notes, which we can't read aloud because they're too spicy for the. Uh, you know, they're too spicy for radio. Yeah. What What if Alan Dull <laughs> in relation to? <laughs> uh. You know, uh, this podcast has been censored by the American Central Intelligence Agency. <laughs> <laughs> this broadcast has been ended, and we will now switch over to NPR. This is WBEZ 91.5. I'm Linda Lawless. Welcome to Morning Edition. I'm Steve Insky. Welcome to Morning Edition. I'm Steve Insky. location as a as I was kidnapped in the middle of the night for knowing too much. <laughs> Coming to you from I'm, the trunk of a Renault 5. <laughs> and I'm Linda Bertheimer. <laughs> All right, but that's, so that's Rashomon 2. Rashomon 3. Our boy! What really happened. Uh, who is yeah. this cool guy? Do, do you remember Muammar Gaddafi? Pepperidge Farms remembers. Uh, so... This, this Muammar Gaddafi, you may be familiar, uh, used to be you may uh, the, dictator, <laughs> the, the, the dictator of Libya until he was compromised to a permanent end by Hillary Clinton. Um, Clinton body count! Cert <laughs> 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 ain't going away. The funniest yeah. I've ever found Hillary Clinton is when she said, 
Uh, we came, we saw he died after after Gaddafi was like shot. Uh, that was, yeah, her that poetic was instinct. It yeah. was pretty funny. So, you got you to hand it to her. So Gaddafi <laughs> is is like, uh, I guess, doing agents of chaos stuff. He's the dang <laughs> Joker, right? His actual ideology <laughs> changes based on uh, like the needs. M- well, most like Saddam Hussein, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, so so he's like he's socialist if this like if the Soviet Union will help him out. He's a pan Arabist if the Arab states will help him out. He's pan African if the African states will help him out. Um, he he will like torture people on behalf of British intelligence and the CIA if they'll help him out. It avails him not at all because like eventually the Clinton crime family gets to him. But had a pretty good he's run. a compromise <laughs> builder. He builds consensus. Yeah, that's true. He's, so in he's the 80s, research. in the 80s, he is doing this thing where he's like, fuck the West specifically. Um, I'm going to like, I'm like, yeah, but like in a way Shut that well. like I'm going to like uh, be a bad guy in the naked gun too. Uh, so like, <laughs> oh, I'm, God, I'm, I'll arm the good guys like the IRA um, and like send them a shit ton of AKs and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but like not for any particular reason other than just to fuck with the British, which is cool. I I agree, that is good, but it kind of means that as a consequence of this, everybody wants to kill him. Like Hillary Clinton's bloodlust for this guy (laughs) did not come from nowhere, right? Like Ronald (laughs) Reagan tries to have him assassinated with airstrikes like at least two times. So he's Middle Eastern Castro. Yeah, pretty much. Except he he, like dodges Yeah, he dodges all of these bullets. Um and uh, again, I cannot stress enough, the US government has prior form for trying to kill this guy with fighter jets, right? Um, and everybody in NATO hates him except for, uh, well, like the IRA, I suppose, and Italy, because Italy used to be the colonial occupier of Libya, and as such you get this really weird vibe. Do not where ask kind of li- what happened to the Senussi order. <laughs> Do not ask. <laughs> <laughs> but like, genuinely, it's, it's strange. Italy is the only colonial power that seems to bother ever feeling guilty about doing colonialism, which is very, very weird considering they did it as part of fascism. It's because they're it's because Italians are good-hearted people who are nice and wonderful and we support them. So the Italian state, like all of these like uh, Jack Johnson and John Jackson guys, still have this really kind of patriarchal view of Libya as being like, oh well, you know, you, Gaddafi, you help the guy out for old time's sake, and okay, maybe he gives you a, like a million dollars in a suitcase, but that's just like what friends do. And sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes he sends you prostitutes if you're Silvio Berlusconi, and that's good, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you have a working relationship with this guy. Um, and so, the, you know, occasionally he has to come to Europe to buy new epaulettes and like new uniform <laughs> supplies. I, I I take most of my fashion cues from like eighties period Gaddafi here, the sick double-breasted tunic, just incredibly pimp. Um, so like he okay, fine. The guy the guy wants to like fly to Paris. He needs an air corridor to do that. And what if you just kind of give him Italian airspace and you do this on the quiet, on and off for years and years and years and years. Um, so what if the the people who want to kill this guy, the US, like the foreign policy blob, the, fun police, bad guys. the fun police, the bad guys decide, okay, well look, shooting down a, a, a high value target's plane in transit, it worked for killing Isoroko Yamamoto, right? 
Um, <laughs> why the fuck not? Why don't we just quietly scramble some fast jets and then he just disappears over the ocean like our like our plane did? Um, easy peasy. Easy peasy. Except it's night, uh, and then all of a sudden, where you're looking for like a small VIP jet, there's a small passenger jet that's in a place where it shouldn't be because it's two and a half hours late, and then. Oops, there's Eliano, you have just shot oh. down the fucking uh, Itavia plane, and Gaddafi escapes unscathed yet again, because, again, a, like, history is very kind to dictators like this until it isn't, and much like Castro, he just kind of keeps getting away with it. But Alice, it's very important <laughs> that we kill Gaddafi, because the only way to revitalize some of Libya's most important industries is to kill Gaddafi. And now that we've done that, we can once again bring slave markets back to Libya, and that's what freedom is. Absolutely. The economic engine of the Middle East. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, Knights of the Golden Circle were on the wrong set of continents. We're not just here for oil. We're not just here for oil. Shut up, liberation. I see that we're like. I see that we're like bringing back like some sort of warped version of the Sultanate of Ifriqiya here. (laughs) 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 That's a real deep cut, Ramsey Ruigi. Shout out. Uh, You know. Mm. Yeah, I think um, they should have just let Gaddafi do all of the weird shit he wanted to. Like when he just decided oh, yeah. he was a pan-Africanist and he was like, I'm just gonna wear a leopard skin now and invade Chad and get fucking owned by a bunch of dudes <laughs> in Toyotas. The Chad, <laughs> Chad, Look at my bodyguards! Look at my hot bodyguards! <laughs> <laughs> the world is the worst place without Muammar yeah. Gaddafi. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, it's true. I mean, genuinely, yes. Like, objectively speaking, yeah. <laughs> Once again, Hillary Clinton screwing shit up. It's very very important that we once again talk about how Hillary Clinton helped create ISIS in the in the modern form. She she took Gaddafi and gave us Trump. (laughs) We used to have hope, jobs, and cash, and now Alice, do you have like a fight song drop, or do I need to sing it? A a fight song? I mean, a fight uh, song drop. Like you know, this is. Right. No, 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 not like that kind of fight song. I mean, like, this you is a fight song. I do not have, I do not have a Clinton drop. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, sh- I should have thought ahead. Uh, it's okay. I know. So, we have another, another weird detail that crops up. You keep putting together these weird details, and it's like... Yeah, it's strange. A bunch of weird, unrelated coincidences. If you would just Uh, stop looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) I pretend I do not see, but actually I do. Uh, A couple of weeks after they find the, like, floating bodies and wreckage, uh, independently, they find a Libyan MiG-23 fighter jet just crashed into a mountain in southern Calabria, which is, like, the back of beyond, so it takes them that long to even notice. Pilot's dead inside, and it's just, it's wreckage, right? But like, how the, what the fuck is a Libyan fighter jet doing in Italy? Crashing. None of your goddamn business. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, have, we have the flight path It's here. anti-colonialism. Um, well, like, the, the, the official, back. The official <laughs> explanation for this... See how y'all like it. <laughs> see, if you, see if you believe this is that the guy flying it, uh, Captain Khalil, does not know how to fly a plane, because 
He, like, the, the Libyans are as part of this pan-Arabist thing that Gaddafi's doing. They're training Palestinians to fly jets. Um, the Palestinians use Arabic in the cockpit, the Libyans speak English, so there's a miscommunication. The guy forgets to turn his oxygen supply on and just, like, hypoxically drifts across the entire Mediterranean. The same time, because every conspiracy is true and happening at once, the same time as this plane is, like, blowing up for unrelated reasons, smacks into a mountainside. Um, and nobody like notices this. He just gets into NATO airspace. No one cares. Uh, it's a massive cover up of this, and it's just a coincidence. I do believe this because also the MiG did not have weapons on board, and it was outfitted for practice, according to the people who discovered the MiG. Which you know, uh, they would have an incentive to lie the other way. You know, well, the, the 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 other the other narrative, it, which to me makes more sense, especially if you believe that those people are you know lying, is that okay? Fine, Gaddafi is is Gaddafi's busy flying across uh, the Mediterranean. He's not stupid. He knows the Americans would like to kill him. He gets he gets some fighter cover, and you just have this this like sort of implicit uh, idea of well, maybe there's a fucking dogfight between like NATO assassin planes and Libyan mix. That's too cool not to be true. True. Yeah. Yep. I, and I then that. in, in that chaos, somebody gets a missile lock on the wrong thing, shoots down the plane. I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna refer to the next slide for my opinion on this particular one. In conclusion, <laughs> Libya is a land of contrast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Alice, bring back Libyan Bart. <laughs> oh, also, I would like to say that the notes on this say because I'm a hack, Libya, I barely know ya. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> right. Again, who could be responsible for this. Who, who, how do these slides keep getting into the notes? Um, so, Justin, what's this? What's the what's the uranium theory? Does that fit in here? It would seem fairly obvious to me, right? Okay, so like they found PBX on the plane, mm-hmm. right? And they found uranium on the plane, right? Mm-hmm. Uranium right. residue. PBX is used for, you know, the explosive casing of nuclear weapons, right? Oh. Obviously, what happened was, what happened was, <laughs> and, uh, uh, Giuseppe's, like, atomic weapons factory, um, you know, Why there were did a they couple... let them ship stuff? <laughs> their union, uh, and it was in their contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I imagine like a couple nuclear warheads didn't pass quality control, right? Mm-hmm. And you know they don't want to reuse the PBX; it's all irradiated, right? So mm-hmm. they they throw that out back, you know. And then <laughs> Gladio uh, Luigi uh, mentions to Giuseppe, who runs the shop, one day, "Hey, can I uh, can I grab some of that um, PBX out back?" I'm not going to touch it for long. It should be fine. Mm-hmm. And Giuseppe shrugs his shoulders and he's like, not my problem. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, they use it to blow up this plane for whatever reason. It fell off the you back know. of a truck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this makes a lot of sense to me. I, I don't know. I, well, I, 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 this, this adequately explains it using incompetence. Right? No, that, that, that does <laughs> make sense. But what if also like, okay, real tinfoil hat time. What if, that plane was going to carry uh what if just combining all three of these uh, four of these hmm. rather what if that plane was going to be carrying uh fissile nuclear material to libya 
and was intercepted and blown up by Gladio with unacceptable civilian casualties. So they're like, okay, maybe don't do this. Gladio retaliates by blowing up the Bologna train station bombing, and the CIA retaliates by leaking the names of all the Propaganda Due members and mm-hmm. crippling their operations in Italy. Mm-hmm. You know what I should have got as a drop for Genius. this? Is the Hank Scorpio episode of The Simpsons where the UN guy's like, maybe it just <laughs> fell down on its own. <laughs> also, also, you know, the. the, the I want to take a chance. Uh, what's the UN going to do? Send me a strongly worded letter? <laughs> so, I, don't know, I, like I think the idea they're, they're trying to bring in the fissile material to, li- to, to Libya, and, you know, they, they land at Palermo, and then they have to explain to the passengers. I'm sorry, we lost all your luggage. Well, they, they we don't have to make, do that because, because we had, it back there. remember who owns there. the airport? The, uh, the airport oh, yeah. is owned by a, by the way, uh, you know, by, by a mafia boss who had recently had uh, the only guy who was like really leading the opposition to bulldozing a poor neighborhood to build a third runway, uh, recently had that guy assassinated and was thus in complete control of the airport at the time that is like... Italy real? Uh, they would still have to lose all the luggage in order to be able to take off. Fair, <laughs> fair. But, but just pushing shit out onto the runway. I don't know. I, yeah. think, yeah. I think this adequately we explains. Seventy one. You know what this is? Radiation sickness. Yeah, like... After all, being on the same plane. <laughs> you know what this is? This Mama, is this is the onion, <laughs> the retrospective onion headline: JFK assassinated by CIA, Cuban, Soviets, Teamsters, Unions, uh, mafia. <laughs> President shot one hundred and twenty-seven different times from sixty different angles. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I, oh, I, I think forgot that... to mention that the uh, the PBX in this theory is Rotini. Um. <laughs> I, I think that you know i think i uh i uh I, I think that theory adequately explains a lot of elements of this and what is this weird red dot on my forehead <laughs> I, I don't uh, know. next that slide please <laughs> so we're, we're kind of wrapping this up right this is this is a picture of some italian judges not the ones that we're talking about these, these are, are the amanda, amanda Knox Knox ones. ones and by the way it says on the back wall behind them the law is equal for all. Um, la legge oh, è uguale per tutti. Unless you're like very, Gladio. Very strong <laughs> blouse game in the lady on the right there. I like that a lot. Um, so, so in 2013, the Italian courts ruled that it's it's probably a missile that shot this down. Um, and all of the the British, especially, are very, very mad about this because we did the technical analysis on the record, and we're like, no, it has to be a bomb. It mm-hmm. because we said it was a bomb. Um, that there's a quote here from an extremely like uh, annoyed British man that's like, I'm sorry, but Italy is a dreadful place to have an aviation accident. If you want the truth, you're less likely to find it there than just about anywhere else in the world. Which I, implying that there are good places to have aviation. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, like, what's a good place to have an aviation? Just, just uh, like uh, falling out of the fucking sky and thinking, at least memorial. this will be extremely well investigated. I, I like Republic of very large mattress. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the one thing I would I would tease out of this as a conclusion is something that we would have learned from this is that like the the technical evidence is rarely neutral, especially on like political questions like this. And so it, it is like it, it's very easy to just be like, oh well, we're scientists, and as such, the scientific evidence says bomb. It may not be that simple, and you do have to look at all of the other factors, like 
Francesco Casiga in his old age being like, yeah, man, the French shot down the plane trying to kill Gaddafi. Don't know what was up with that. <laughs> that was wild as he's, as he's being taken off stage with one of those comical <laughs> like <a> hook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's like Hillary Clinton at the other end. What I would like to say is that uh, and if we go to the next slide, uh, the, I think there's a there's a good uh, hmm. uh, illustration Who of who's really responsible that? of the <laughs> for all of this. Um, say, uh, I I think at least in my mind, the fact that everybody's trying to declare it's a missile now, um, in my mind, immediately makes me think that it was the bomb argument from earlier, and that it points always that- do opposite of what. Uh, CIA says. Well, yeah. I mean, the the, the other thing is, like, you you may recall that Gaddafi is no longer, is now late of this parish, right? And as part of his his ouster, you saw dudes going into Mukhabarat buildings and just, like, reading all of the files. And uh, some of that stuff that was released was very damaging, like uh, him just fucking, like, torturing people on behalf of MI6. Uh, One of the things was the Libyan view of the Ustica massacre, which is Man, they fucking tried to kill Gaddafi. The <laughs> Italian intelligence services tipped us off because I don't know, they just kind of <laughs> like Gaddafi. And what else? He, he like diverts to Malta and they shoot down the wrong plane by accident. So what well, to be again, fair, like, if Disney hmm. is so corrupt. I mean, it's the most corrupt say, like intelligence agency in the world. If 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 uh, there is like a, if there are two threads that you can get from this, it's one is that like you are not immune from like having evidence doctored, and the other is that the Italian secret services are the least competent in the world. But they're designed to be that way because all of the stuff that like Italy in the 60s, 70s, and 80s was designed to be a puppet of the U.S. foreign, uh, like, the U.S. foreign policy, as was, like, you know, as was Germany, West Germany, and as, sorry, Alice, England has always been since the end of the war. (laughs) Yes. Um, Not even because we had to do anything, but more because, like, you all are so desperate to break off the NHS and sell it to us. <laughs> You'll just kind of, <laughs> you know, you you all want to pay three hundred dollars for insulin <laughs> because uh, <laughs> you know because we're cucks. Yeah, we're cucks. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say it, but I'm going to let you say. It. Um, no, um, I love England. Um, uh, anyway, the the point Why? being, uh, I I find England very uh, very. Full of history and uh, very rich. In, <laughs> Interesting in, from an academic standpoint. Yes, <laughs> very, very rich. Um, I when I go to England, everybody is uh, you know very nice to me because I am uh, you know I am a white passing Hispanic person. If that weren't the case, <laughs> who knows? But anyway, um, so my my point being that Italy was designed as was like Turkey and Greece and all these other countries designed to be an extension of the U.S. government's foreign policy aims. And in the process of this, the CIA killed, whether or not you believe that they did this particular instance of, uh, of murder, they killed thousands and thousands of people and engendered an environment in which Italians could not feel safe taking a train, taking a plane, getting into their car, going to work, etc. And for that reason... I am deeply, deeply ashamed to, uh, you know, to be an American because we allowed this to continue and not just here, but abroad. But we we did this and allowed this to continue solely so like, you know, 
Giuseppe can't join a union at the Piaggio Ape mm-hmm. plant, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's deeply sickening to me that this is like the degree to which the United States went to make sure that nobody could live a comfortable life. Mm. And not not just killing Giuseppe and Sons atomic weaponry. Well, not just not just not just killing people or like destroying buildings. Oh no! Like destroying destroying the concept of like trust in democracy itself. Something which is like a specialty of the house currently on on display in Libya and Bolivia. And also here, yeah. I mean, the the thing is. And, and the other thing is, uh, you know, important things to note that this is a golden age for political corruption in Italy because all these people's jobs are basically secure because the CIA would just back them with tons of money. Yeah, which which leads to which leads to the next era of Italian politics, which is, huh? Why is everyone in the pocket of the mob? Right, and also like, so this is yep. where you get a tangent, and like, why is the mob still around? Well, because they've been. The uh, American intelligence has been working with them and sending them money for many, many years. Like, you know, like a grandma sending you a crisp $20 bill on your birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, this is where you get the Tangentopoli scandal and you get Operazione Manipulite. And then ultimately, those people are still in power. Silvio Berlusconi is still active in Italian (laughs) politics, even (laughs) now, after everything, you know. Hey, to be fair, that song is a banger. That song has three key changes. Um, so you know, <laughs> that's how you know it's good. It's good. It's the. It's the. You know, be- be- how many key changes does Bella Chow have? No, Fuck off. None. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. The, it's the. Um, it's the love on top of political Italian songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's um, and what I want to what I want to add just to conclude at least the the historical analysis of this is that you should never assume that like you're immune from this simply because you're in like the United States or you're in the UK or you're in like a country that you know doesn't have to deal with this. Like, why are school shootings allowed to happen at an increasing frequency all across America? Well, it's a justification for us to increase the surveillance state. It is the strategy of tension as applied domestically once we no longer had a country in which to apply it. And you should never, ever think, even for a second, that like any of this is really by accident. So that's- Once again, the uh, I'm, I'm referring to uh, Robert Paxton's back-of-the-envelope definition of fascism as colonial violence applied to the imperial core. You don't have to like I, I, again another lesson from this. You don't have to be secretly uh, like uh, organizing everything through like a Masonic lodge, although it helps, I guess. Uh, you can just kind of have stochastic violence and stochastic terrorism, where just like a guy goes out and does something terrible, thinks it's his idea, and you're just kind of content to let it happen. Yeah, you just don't. Well, you just don't do anything strategically. Not stop. doing yes. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I, I mean, the Joe Biden way. Right. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> as long as they're unionized and, you know, they're all coordinating with each other in their union, the conspiracy yeah. union. Pe- people planting bombs are workers. And as such, as the professional <laughs> managerial <laughs> class, we, we should not condescend to them. And, and you know, and like those scabs at Giuseppe and Sons atomic <laughs> weaponry. <laughs> Listen, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, that's where, that's why they've got that old mill in, uh, in Granano. You know, you gotta have the, 
You gotta have the real, the bronze cut, you know. Astonishing amount of continuity there. They built some of the first atomic weapons for the papal states. Uh, we're all family here yeah exactly it's a, it's an old family business you know my mom my, my father built atomic weapons his father Lisa, built atomic uh, weapons his my, nonna, my nonna uh, split the atom in her bathtub and ever since then we have a proud family tradition of continuing to make nuclear weapons um, just every time anyone's in the kitchen somebody is inexplicably stirring a huge pot of plutonium like a, like a shaker of parmesan but it's yellow cake uranium yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play us out with the fucking drop again yeah. <laughs> somebody touch my spaghetti I hope the NSA agent listening to this loves your drops <laughs> I hope so too They've they've uh, they've recently figured out you can get a better uh, yield if you use Papadella uh, <laughs> for, for the PBX. Well, listen, you can't stand the way of progress, butt face. You got to get that DOC PBX. You know, if it doesn't have the ribbon yes. on it, <laughs> you know, if it's not DOC, then it doesn't have the right. It doesn't have the right flavor, and it doesn't have the right terroir. You know. <laughs> anyway, the, the explosive velocity is not guaranteed. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know. <laughs> All right. Here we are at the end. Once again. Yeah. Once again. Next next episode is the Tacoma Narrows Bridge Disaster. Does anyone Finally. have any commercials? Uh listen to Trash Future. We're all like in quarantine, we're all going crazy. We're spinning off <laughs> new shows. So Milo and Nate are doing uh a Britonology where they like discover a new kind of guy, like <laughs> one of the psychotic dudes that Britain produces. Uh and uh, uh Riley and uh, Andrew Law from Boonta Vista are doing uh a show where they watch every episode of season five of the show Bones for some fucking reason. So <laughs> subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. listen to those. Um, and our bonus episode should be up shortly. Oh, I have uh, a, I have a commercial. Um, I, I have a commercial, which is a. I would like to give a shout out to my dad, uh, who may or may not be listening to this podcast because I keep badgering him to listen to this podcast, and he liked the uh, the episode on the news. Um, so that's I know his dad. Yeah, um, I know his dad. <laughs> shout out to my dad, uh, and also uh, my other commercial is, uh, you know, uh, I have a podcast that is very infrequently updated because i'm also doing like three dsa projects right now uh so uh you know it's called disastrous house of money and check it out if you want i you know that's fine it's for fun i don't oh, yeah. care and, and and follow you on twitter at noah sykes yeah. sykes spelled like psychiatrist yes I also guess. alice is on the next episode whenever i'm able to release it uh and also join dsa um yeah oh look who's who's that standing by that bridge <laughs> oh my god. Bye everybody. Stuffing rocks into my pockets. Uh, no, I, I, I is Moth Woman. I, I want you to know. I want you to know. I I had to reverse Google image search the exact JPEG of the Tacomaneros bridge that you used. Then I had to go into paint.net and you like cut out just the Alice and shrink it down. Just small enough that no one would notice it <laughs> to get it into the slide. Incredible, incredible work of sabotage. <laughs>
I, in many ways, I am the heir to Operation Gladio. <laughs> <laughs> We're using this one for every subsequent episode. <laughs> Soviets are going to torture you to death for doing petty vi- uh, vandalism now. Yeah, yeah, yeah wrecking. I, yeah. I, you know, I, that, I'm into that, and I'm okay with that. I, I think that's good. I deserve it. Uh, you know, I am bourgeois. <laughs> I, I am an assistant in Hollywood, meaning I am part of the bourgeois professional class, apparently, even though I make about 30000 a year, which is yeah, not well, a we're, we're all podcast kulaks here at this point, so. Mm. 